0: Hey, what's up, brother? How what's are up, you? What's up, Joe? Good to see you.
1: It's great seeing you. It's great seeing a fellow comedian that I, I don't think I've been inside a comedy club or seen any comedian for two months now.
0: It's weird. It's like they're trying to get it out of our system. Like, they're trying to, like, like if we're junkies, if we're comedy junkies, we've gone through a rehab. You have to live like a regular person it's for months.
1: It's tough. I mean, I've gotten past a phase of, like, Because back in the day, if I didn't do stand-up for a week, I will get depressed. Because there's nothing else going on in my life. But now I got other stuff going. I can do writing, whatever. But I feel bad for, like, the road guys. Oh, yeah. And the open micers that's just coming up. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you've gotten this. Are a lot of people inviting you to do virtual virtual stand-up comedy
0: shows on Zoom? Yeah, they can eat shit. Did that is the worst (laughs) idea on the fucking planet. Bro even great comics look terrible on those and and they can record you exactly, forever. exactly and you record you looking terrible, bombing just it's just not the right place It's like uh, let's play basketball underwater yeah no, that doesn't work <laughs> but that shows you how desperate <laughs> people are
2: yeah.
1: they would put their whole material on the line uh, to do virtual
0: no real people audience just to get their rocks off. Dave Chappelle's got a very unique solution. He's doing some shit in his backyard. He sent me, well, not his backyard. His friend has a wedding pavilion. Ooh. So he set up this thing at a wedding pavilion. All of it is uh, COVID safe. Look at that. That's Dave on stage in Ohio at a wedding pavilion. <laughs> oh, wow, dude. That's <laughs> so that, awesome. That's where people would get married and Dave's up there doing stand-up. Yeah. Well, he's so
1: good. He doesn't need like um, a low ceiling, no. you know, packed seats.
0: It, he just needs a crowd. And, you know, he also, I think he's just he's a, he just figured out how to improvise. He's like, there's got to be a way to get around this. I'm going crazy. Yeah, there's got to be a way and doing it outside, separating everybody, following all the covid requirements. The governor actually had to approve this. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's in Ohio. So the governor of Ohio approved all this. When did this happen? Like recently? He's just doing it. He just started doing it. He, he texted me a couple days ago saying it was going to take like four days to work the kinks out. We're making history over here, Joe Rogan. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then, you know, next thing you know, he's off and running. This, I mean, comedy clubs probably got to be the last thing to open up, right? Sadly. No, not the last thing. I think like Staples Center shit like that, sure. arenas, yeah. big places. That's going to be the last thing. Um, restaurants are slowly starting to. There it is. Boom! What is this, Brooklyn vegan? Ew! <laughs> <laughs> a very Don't reputable site. Don't shoot the I understand. just I just It's just like, boy, is that fraught with peril. <laughs> people that are really into being from Brooklyn and people that are really into telling you they're a vegan together at last. Speaking of
1: improvisation, I, I'm always very jealous because I think uh, my buddy Ben Schwartz and uh, Thomas Middleditch, they did. Uh, improvising show on netflix right Mm. and that is like the ultimate hack to people like us that take like my first special took me 10 years and now these guys can crank out five in a day because it's (laughs) improvised
0: i'm like what are we doing here (laughs) well i remember the first time i saw you was at the improv i saw you kill in that little tiny room of death that, that lab is death. Everybody eats shit in that lab. That is the worst. E- ever since they remodeled it, That's that lab,
1: half the room is a bar. Yes. And then there's pillars in, in the front of the
0: stage. And right next to you is where the door is. So oh. people are coming in the door. There's all this chit-chat and talking yeah. and buying tickets. It's right there. But you were killing. And I was like, damn, this dude's legit funny. Because you have to oh, be thanks, legit man. funny yeah. to kill in that bizarre environment. I've seen a lot, I have seen eat shit in that room. I've seen a lot of people eat shit in that room. It, it, it's a tough room and sometimes
1: um, you you want to start in that small room and then do another set in the big room So you go home happy. I did
0: the wrong way oh, That's the worst the feeling big room and then I came to the little room It was like ten people in there and ate shit Yeah,
1: <laughs> and then your first <laughs> set you, you're completely forgotten yeah. And then you're just like well, I'm a piece of shit and I can't <laughs> do stand-up.
0: Not only that I strolled in cocky because I just killed I'm like I know how to kill. Come yeah, on, yeah I'm a Fucking professional here <laughs> went up in there and bombed. Yeah, it's a it's just a terrible setup. They know it though They've remodeled that improv more than any other fucking club i've ever even heard of why the old setup was fine they don't listen they just they just say i got an idea and then everybody goes okay great so like they put a new green room that you have to duck to get into have you seen that new green room that's upstairs that no one's ever going to use ever yeah and then you go down the stairs from that new green room and it takes you right to where the stage is wait the the one with the piano and stuff or... no that's the other green room okay no there i haven't seen the other fucking one green rooms Huh. It's the dumbest setup of all time. The main room is a great room, though. Great room. It's a it, like it's one of the all time classic rooms. They haven't fucked that up. I still think that
1: improv in LA it's my favorite place. It's a great place. Yeah. And, and they show me love like early on. You mm-hmm. know, it's really like Paige has been great. Rita's Paige been great. Paige and yeah.
0: Rita are awesome. Yeah. They're, they're the salt of the earth, both those people. Yeah. It's a nice environment. It just was weird that you had to kind of wait in the hallway before you go on stage. And so you kind of got molested by weirdos who'd come out and ask you questions and shit while you're trying to get your head yes. together. Well, sometimes as a single guy,
1: that's actually that might be the good move oh, though. yeah. You know is, what I mean? Laugh yeah. factory you do your set you get the fuck out. Right. You don't get to meet nobody, you right. know. Improv you do your set you hang out at the bar. And then, you know, some girls come talk
0: to you. Like, you know, you you have to swim through some weirdos. You do have to swim through weirdos. It's fine. And some dudes will just wedge themselves between you and a girl, too, right? If you were trying to chit-chat with a lady, they'd go, hey, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. You were really funny. I got to talk to you about something. I'm I'm starting a uh, virtual comedy club, and I'd love to have you be a part of
3: it
1: there's been a lot of pitches that I inadvertently said yes to because I was half drunk at the oh, bar. It's no. like, hey, man, let me tell you about this show in uh, uh, Silver Lake. It's kind of near Echo Park, but really it's in Ball Heights. But uh, great open mic, man. You know, Jamie Kennedy's done it. You got to come do it. I was <laughs> like, um, sure, why don't you uh, send me an email? And then the next email I, I get, I completely forgot about the interaction. Next email I get, he's like, so uh, I got you on the show May 15th, man. So are uh, you good? Uh, you're going to do 15? And I'm like, well, I'm did, out of town. Well, I can't say that because hey, I'm Jen. like, did I did I <laughs> agree to this? Because I don't remember. I was drunk. So I was like, sure. How <laughs> come? And I get suckered into these terrible things.
0: Yeah. You got to know how to say no. It's very important. Yeah. It's yeah. very important. Yeah. Well, th- that's the thing about like the open mic community. There's always some dudes got some kind of a bringer show that they're putting something together and... It's always it's usually it's okay. It's good. It's seasoning. You get on stage. You do a little set. You know, at any stage of the game, it's always good to get on stage in weird crowds. Yeah. But the problem with a lot of those shows is you'll go on after like two or three people that are death.
2: Mm-hmm. There is mm-hmm. no
0: comedy left in life, and you'll be convinced that nothing is funny. It's impossible to be funny. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you see someone yes. really, really, really bad. And, you, like, there's nothing to comedy. Comedy doesn't work. Because there's so many, I guess,
1: <sighs> approach to this, right? Like, I think there's one that's, like, right, you know, you don't want to follow someone that's too strong. Like, if, if I go on stage after Chappelle, kind of fucked. You know,
0: he's both strong and super famous. Yes. It's a double hammer. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like people will be leaving, <laughs> yeah. you know, the store whatever. Yeah, but also there's a, the other side of it. It's you want to ride a wave. Yeah. If somebody's doing well, you want to go in there and ride that wave. But then the opposite of it is if somebody is bad, you can go on, you can kill it. And then the crowd believes in you. But if somebody is too terrible then it's dead like you have to you spend your first 5 minutes just doing crowd work
0: one of the signs of a terrible headliner is when they bring really bad openers just yes. so they, they look really good yes they don't want anybody stealing any of their thunder so they bring like just complete scrubs that fucks me up though mm. you know yeah, me too i for me my
1: opener is more about energy i want somebody's energy that matches my level but mm. it's funny or somebody that's kind of lower energy, but really smart and good. Because mm. if you have somebody that goes super big, that that's kind of hard for me to do an hour of that same energy. You know what you know? the worst
0: is? Uh. The guy before he does music. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know that shit where they, they start doing songs? They have
1: songs for shit? Oh, my God. I never cared about an opening song. You know DJ, when you go on the road, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, what song you want to come up to? I'm like, whatever, just play some top 40 hip hop. Doesn't matter, right? But then one of my openers uh, has a very specific Trick Daddy song. I got to shout out to my boy, Derek Keener. Hilarious guy, right? Uh, he has a very energetic Trick Daddy song, and that bit kills. And it's kind of dirty, and it's cool. And I'm like, shit, I got to set my game up. Because if my opener is going up with a killer song, and I walk
0: up the stage with nothing, yeah, you know, it just doesn't seem right. In the early 2000s, the late 90s, early 2000s, a lot of guys would have funny raps and they would close with a rap, mm, like mm. A, a rap parody, a hilarious rap. So things rhyme, they're loud, there's a lot of gesturing, and they're like, thank you, good night. Oh, and then you'd have God. to go up. So I talked to my mom today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's- I remember um, I used to do a bunch of like urban clubs and uh, J Spot. You remember J Spot? Isn't
0: that a funny name? urban urban well uh, i guess club should urban. i say black club or yeah, should i just bla- say i guess it's a black club
1: i guess urban may be more offensive i i don't know but they they call themselves
0: urban clubs i know no? but isn't that weird that is weird why urban it's a code word for black right it's like a weird urban. code because it also means a city like all clubs are in cities when the fuck was you, you ever done a club in the woods <laughs> right what? clubs aren't rural it, it's <laughs>
1: like the word urban and inner city for some reason like, huh. Right, isn't that kind of the same
0: thing? But I mean like there's urban clubs in LA that are just downtown Oh, right. Isn't that that one? What is that one club?
1: Um,
0: Garrett Morris's Club back in the day. No, there's a club downtown That's a, a black club. It's supposed to be real good. Uh, I don't remember but it was just like the term urban
1: It's just very weird. I remember um so when I did the J-Spot, I, I don't know if it's still there. The J-Spot, it's uh, opened by J. Anthony Brown. I was pretty, very green, you know, and uh, it was on top of Yoshino, but it's a popping club, right? And I remember DJ come up to me. I, my set was like 15 minutes. He was like, you got any music cues? I was like, no, just play whatever. He was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, no, I don't have any music. He was like, "You don't, you don't want me to play anything in your set? I was like, no, why would you do that? <laughs> And then I realized, I watched all the other comics, everybody had like five music skits and the crowd loved it and they were killing it. And then I went up, was just trying to do my observational humor and just ate shit, you know?
0: (laughs) Cause it's just, if everybody's doing it and you're not, like you're at a complete disadvantage. Yeah, this is a famous uh, story about Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg was on the road in Ohio and he was doing this club. And uh, for whatever reason, the manager of the club decided to book This guy who was like super high-energy and he had music. I think he did like Acrobatics on stage and shit like crazy stuff. Yeah got everybody riled up and then Mitch would go on there. Hey (laughs) man, And everything was like and he was bombing and they wanted to switch Mitch with him and pay him less money And it was like this big fucking deal. It's like no man you fucked up. It's not like Mitch isn't great Mm -hmm. You you do run a comedy club? well you know who mitch hedberg is you know he's great yeah why are you having a guy who does backflips to fucking (laughs) bass beats before him you can't do that you ever
1: do the comedy magic club sure one of my favorite clubs you know they have 10 comedians on there but sometimes you got to follow a magician or a juggler
0: yes you know i i stopped doing that there i said listen we had a bunch of issues there one issue they would not let me bring up joey diaz Oh, why? Oh, because he's he's not clean. He's too dirty. um, mm. But I'm dirty too. But I'm I'm like, uh, whatever. For whatever reason, I can get away with it for him. So I I love the guy to death. Mike's the best. But Mm -hmm. he wouldn't let Joey go up because I love him. He's just not, my crowd is just this and that. I'm like, your crowd is people. They're humans. They come to see me. Trust me. It
1: is a different crowd. And I do kind of like it because if you just run your set at the improv or the factory, whatever, right? it, and then you take it on the road. Sometimes it doesn't translate. But the the comedy magic crowd is like almost like a Midwest white crowd, they're which the is opposite nice.
0: of urban. Yes. <laughs> what there is that? This should be a code word for a white crowd, suburb, like suburban crowd. Um, um they're like gated beach community crowd. Y- yeah. Uh, the one percenter crowd. Older too. They're oh, like Jay old. Leno fans. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jay Leno used to work out his Tonight Show set every Sunday night there. Mm. That was his thing. He used to go there and he had all, th- all his monologue shit and he'd work it out at the Comedy Magic Club on Sunday night.
1: Yeah. They're definitely... I mean, it really helped me because Richard and Mike gave me a lot of stage time coming up. And uh, They're great folks. They're really nice. And the club is ran so they actually care about the comics like Mm -hmm. usually you know you do the improv there's no knock to the improv but you gotta sign a W9 and they give you five bucks in cash (laughs) that's just the way it is at the improv (sighs) right and then um, you go to Comedy Magic Club, it's, I think, $50 a set, which is very nice for like uh a, a quick set. Yeah, for like yeah. a quick set. But then if you do it on Valentine's Day, they don't tell you, hey, we're going to pay you whatever. They just come down, do Valentine's Day because we like you. But they sell these Valentine's Day packages and then at the end of the day, I think... I, I opened up a check. It was like a thousand dollars. They just gave all of us a thousand dollar checks. It was like really, really nice for a comic that really needs it. The food there is really good. Real filet mignon yeah. in a comedy club.
0: Yeah, like a real restaurant that you would go to. You'd go there yeah. as a restaurant.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a great, uh, a great spot. Um, but it is, <sighs> I don't know. Like it's white. I, I, it's too white. I tell my stories, <laughs> like my Asian stories or whatever. But like you can tell, like people come up to me like, "Hey, man, that was funny." But like. You know, like, when they talk talking to themselves, they're like, yeah, that that Asian, that Oriental boy, kind of funny. <laughs> like, you know, you know there's some kind of that going on. Like, I am so foreign to them yes. that they found it refreshing. They're like, I can't believe that Oriental boy spoke English that way. <laughs> yeah, man, you kind of get that vibe over there, you know?
0: Isn't it funny that Oriental became like, taboo? Like, the term Oriental. It's, it's a weird one. And people that
1: Say Oriental, they never mean harm. No, you know? they're just old. They always, they're old. Like, it's my buddy's uh, uh, father's in high school.
2: Yeah. They're like, right, right, right. so
1: you and your Oriental parents, you guys. <laughs> like, they're trying to be so PC. It's like when people call black people African Americans because they're too careful, you right. know? And and that's, like, kind of weird, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't love it.
0: Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, what do you... Well, Jamaicans are tech like someone who comes from Jamaica and lives in America. I mean, I guess technically you'd be an African america because Africans went to Jamaica first. Right. And then to America. It's odd. Yeah. It's all weird, man. It's all, but just to like for Asian folks, like also people get upset if you can't make the distinction.
1: Yes, right? Asians have a lot of beef amongst each other. Yeah, you Joe can't Koi call has a it. great bit about that. There's a hierarchy for sure. What's the
0: top of the food chain?
1: What? <laughs> Putting me in a spot here, but I think look, this is I think generally it's you have your main like uh, Korean, Chinese, uh, Japanese, mm-hmm. and then they sometimes look down at the Southeast Asians. Mm. So whatever, Filipino, Thai, whatever, um, Vietnamese, uh, probably. Um, but then if you call a Chinese person, Japanese, to get pissed. But if you call a Japanese, I, I don't know the exact thing. But it could get ugly. It could, and I mean, it's not just country to country. It, it could be like my parents, they're from Shanghai, you know, which is a very metropolitan, like Manhattan of uh, uh, China. So they have an elitist syndrome to them. Oh. And they look down at people from the South China or whatever. And then I grew up in Hong Kong, which was a British colony, right? And it's a very different government. We're a little more, I guess, uh, progressive or whatever. Just a different city-state. So Hong Kong people has an elitist syndrome uh, uh, towards mainland Chinese people. Like mm. my, my dad came from Shanghai to Hong Kong. So he spoke Cantonese, which is the local Hong Kong dialect, with a Mandarin, like a mainland guy accent. And they would always make fun of him as like the, the mainland guy.
0: Mm. Yeah, how does how does it like when you're seeing what's going on with Hong Kong right now where they're losing their autonomy to China? Is that freak you out? Is it crazy?
1: Well, yeah, it's it's very disheartening Um, But I think my dad saw that coming. Yeah, you know, we moved here when I was 13 uh, the year 2000 Uh, That was three years after the British gave Hong Kong back to China after the hundred-year treaty, you know, Yeah. I guess <laughs> they're like nice colonizers. They're yeah. like, we're gonna colonize you, but just just a hundred years, and here you can have it back. You it know, it
0: seems like it's going downhill. The riots in the streets, or excuse me, the protests, because they're extremely polite protests. It's like the way they part the street for an ambulance is amazing. It's tough, and and I think that's one of the main reasons,
1: aside from education and all that, just more opportunities in America. That was probably one of the main reasons why my family wanted to move. Out of Hong Kong, you mm. know, to America. They saw it coming. They saw because my dad grew up 50s, 60s, communist revolution. Motherfuckers would kick down your door and take everything. Both of my grandparents went to jail from both sides because they were intellectuals. Uh, I believe my, my father's father, my grandfather, uh, was uh, like a chemistry teacher. And he was considered an intellectual and he went to jail.
0: Wow, you know. So they put him in jail just because he was an intellectual?
1: I believe so. I don't know the exact story, but then I know uncles that were like talking shit that also went to jail. A lot of people went to jail, dude. So
0: went, they went to jail because they were complaining. I think it's
1: it's a mixture of things. Yeah, you just they just fucking throw you in jail and they kick down your door and take your shit. Look, Fuck. Now, now I said that I can never do a movie in China anymore. I'm sure I'm banned. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just said that? Yeah,
1: but who knows? But it's, it's I I get, look, I, I don't ever try to get political in my stand up or whatever, but I get mad when I see hipsters in their house Having Chairman Mao posters mm. or like wearing Chairman Mao t shirts and shit. Chairman Mao killed a lot of people, man. That's like on the other side of the spectrum, you have like a fucking Hitler poster in your house, but somehow that's cool.
0: Right, right, right. You
1: know, like it wasn't because all I know, I don't know history that well, but I know the stories that my parents told me during the communist revolution how they got fucked over.
0: There's something about Mao that's like it's intriguing for people that just look at it on the surface, right? Like uh, same thing with Che Guevara. Like he looks cool, right? Cool looking, like rev- revolutionary. Oh, oh yeah, murderer. Yeah, yeah, murderer, <laughs> genocidal murderer. Tiananmen yeah. Square. Yeah, right. You know exactly. that, that was a, uh, that was after Mao, I think. That was. Uh, oof. But still, yeah. communist dictatorship, and Pretty it's rough. a we- it's in a weird place now, right? Because it's capitalist, but it's capitalist really run by this communist government. Like the communist government and the businesses are completely intertwined.
1: It's interesting because they can make policies, they're less red tape because they can make policies faster because the government, whatever they say, just goes. Yeah. But then I guess you hope that it's a decent person, you know, in control. Uh, That's
0: the fear that people have here in the United States of competing with China is that China has these advantages because their businesses are so, their corporations are so intertwined. With the government that we might do the same thing here. Mm, mm. I mean, it's just, it's a weird sort of slippery slope as sort of as laws and all your different rights get eroded. You get closer and closer to the government being in control of things like these new laws that they've passed recently where the government can just look into your internet searching with no warrant whatsoever. This was uh, something that, I don't know if you know about this part of the Patriot Act that, um, This was one of the things that was people were furious at Senator Sanders because Bernie Sanders didn't, he wasn't there. He didn't show up for the vote. And if he had shown up and voted the other way, it wouldn't have passed. Why didn't he show up? He won't comment. Oh, wow. He he won't, he's he's been reached out for uh, to comment on it. He won't comment on it, but it's very disheartening. And a lot of people who are progressives are furious at him and they they Mm. feel very, very betrayed by this because now no one even knows. Like, well, you didn't know, right? Most people don't even know. Well, the government can now look at all your. Dirty little searches. I don't care about that though. Like, I, but
1: but, but you I should I, care. It, it's
0: a slippery slope, right? Is that the fear? Well, here's the fear. The government is just people. You, you know, I don't want any, I don't, I, I don't think like I should be able to just go look at Jamie's search. Like, uh, just for whatever reason, I, I know Jamie's at home, what if I have some code I can go just look? What, what is Jamie looking at? What, yeah. What, is he, what are you searching for? That's, that's creepy right it's creepy like privacy is privacy it's important you should we should be able to reveal what you want to reveal mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if the government which is just a bunch of people can peer into your life but you can't peer into their life yeah it sets up abuse it's the same it's the same like it's power it's the same thing you see with cops right all this shit that you see with cops for sure racism is involved but you know what else is involved power when you mm. see that that old man get thrown to the ground oh. the one that Trump said it's faking it.
1: <laughs> that bashed his head, yeah, <laughs>
0: bleeding out of his fucking head, and Trump's like hey. very good actor, by yeah, the way. I mean, yeah. you to... <laughs> that's what Trump said. He said that he seemed to have fallen too easily, but yeah, he's <sighs> fucking dead. He's an old man. Oh god, uh, th- the fact that he said that—that that this might—it might be Antifa. Like, f- what? All of these conspiracy theorists out there. As
1: an yeah. actor, I must say, if any of these people are conspiracy guys, they are—they're um, sh- fucking Daniel Day Lewis. Like, they are <laughs> great actors like you know like certain times i even send like dumb youtube videos of uh there's a funny youtube video of um uh uh somebody's girlfriend deleting his 2k nba account and (gasps) and he just destroyed you can tell it took everything for him like not to like hit her or like whatever right he just (laughs) he was just destroyed he was crying and then some of my buddies like "Mm, i don't know man that's fake dude i was like yo that guy that guy is a fucking uh, uh Emmy Award Oscar-winning actor if that shit is fake, because that is
0: not easy to do. No, the people think everything is fake. Yeah. They think so many things are fake. So many people have sent me things, like, you think this is fake? I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some things are fake. Yeah. That old man falling the way he did and bouncing his head off the fucking concrete in the middle of a huge protest. Yeah, that was real, dude. Yeah. That's real. That's what happens when you push an old man. That's just <laughs> The fact that this is the president of the United States say that, like, Uh, hey, bro, you would fall that way, too.
1: He's a Meisner-trained actor, and he has a blood pack in the back of his head. Like, how can <laughs> like that—
0: Like a pro wrestler. Like,
1: how? Yeah.
0: He yeah. fell onto a mat that was <laughs> placed there in advance. He cut himself with yeah. razors for yeah. years,
1: so, so that wound bleeds easy. I don't fuck. You can know. hear the guy's head bounce off the ground. Oh,
0: yikes. Yeah, it's a thunk. Uh-huh. There's a, a, a hollow, coconut-like thunk when someone's head bounces off concrete. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. But the fact that the president of the United States didn't just think that, but he thought it would be a good idea to tweet that. Like, he's falling apart. All this protest shit, he's falling apart. And also the fact that they denied that they used tear gas to clear out that square so that he can go to the church. Like, hey, man, there's video. There's video of tear gas. You know, oh, you want to call it's pepper gas. Okay, you know what? That pepper gas they're using, you're not allowed to use that in war. Yeah. You know that? Oh, really? Yeah, you're not allowed to use that shit in war. You can't use tear gas. And it violates the Geneva Convention. It's
1: like a bio, bio yeah, go- thing. Google
0: that. Make sure I'm right about that. But I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm pretty sure the argument that they're making is you can't use tear gas in war, but you should be able to use it in protests. And these cops are shooting rubber bullets and, you know, people are losing their fucking eyes. Here it is. The military is banned from using tear gas on the battlefield, but police can use it on crowds at home. Here's why. And this is on CNN. Th- just think <sighs> about that. The military is fucking banned from using this, but you're using it on civilians that just want to protest the tortured death of a guy who was being detained by a cop who had a 14-year history of being a piece of shit. Ugh. And dozens of I mean, he had more than a dozen complaints of abusive <sighs> behavior. And they're going to use tear gas on these people and just shoot rubber bullets randomly at folks. I, I, I don't know what it takes. What is the lowest competent
1: denominator? Like uh, he has to murder someone like in front of you, and people will still be like, oh, Trump. oh yeah,
0: yeah, or well, whatever. I think he's 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 on the way out. I think it's uh, it's it's slowly but surely. Like, stuff like this, he can't help himself, and under pressure when when people are angry at him because of all this. And I think one of the it's kind of crazy, but one of the big things that started it off, where he really lost his composure, was all that. Shit that he said about Lysol. Like uh, maybe we get disinfectant and put it in the body, a cleansing. When when he started doing that, and then the next day they were asking him about it, I was being sarcastic to see how you reporters would call on it. Like, Mm. no, you weren't. You were rambling. You were rambling. Like I, I've done that before. I've caught rambling, but yeah. I would say, "The fuck am I talking about?" I don't know what, how you use Lysol on a person. Why am I saying this? He's pitching. He's, he's pitching, pitching as if like you're in the writer's room, and he's like, "Yeah, we <laughs> tried try this idea." Exactly. You know what, what? What about you
1: pair this character exactly. with that character? But you don't do that as the president in public about health issues.
0: See, look at this CDC. Some Americans are gargling with bleach or putting it on food to fight COVID 19. Is that real? Really?
3: I read, they did like a survey of a couple thousand people and somewhere in the range of like 4% of people admitted to mm. gargling 4%. and or washing stuff with bleach. Well, this <laughs> is, this like is like. Darwinism. <laughs> yeah. You know. This is, if you're over
0: 18, go do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no wait, don't say that, Joe. Don't say uh, that. <laughs> like
0: if you're younger and you're young and you don't know any better, yeah, yeah. And you just, you're not uneducated. But at a certain age, like you should know not to fucking gargle with bleach, right?
1: <sighs> Tide Pod challenge all over. Yeah, again. it's Tide Pod challenge, but it'll kill you it, It's interesting even like I
0: stay off Twitter all of that stuff. I yeah, I don't, I don't talk. Lot, Thank it. you. I just it's it's tough I think I'm gonna delete my Twitter account. It's uh, so it's, toxic these days I'm in a, um, a tweet thread or a um, text thread rather with a couple comedians and they'll send me the most egregious Ridiculous things that are going on on Twitter or people are arguing about all kinds of crazy shit and I'm like, man, this is toxic. Like you're you're reading into these, these a lot of these people have like severe depression and mental health issues, and they're lashing out at people, and they and they they have these like like witch hunts, and they Dude. go after folks for jokes from 14 years ago and attack oh, them and yeah. put up screenshots, and and they think they're somehow or another like. Doing something positive and
1: did you do a Twitter Twitter scrub of like old tweets deleting? I did that. I mean, I see every day actors getting fired and shit. None of my stuff was like terrible, but it was just like bad jokes.
0: Well, the problem is with us in particular. We say the most ridiculous shit to each other all the time. Yes, and then. Twitter was, like, a lot of it was, like, trying jokes out. And a lot of it was, like, you had a hot take on something that was ridiculous and you knew it was offensive. Yeah. But you were only saying it for fun. Yeah. And then people take those things out of context and they pretend that it's, like, your real feelings and thoughts. Like, these are jokes. People say ridiculous shit that they don't really mean because they want to get you to laugh. That's (sighs) all it is. And if you take those out of context, it can look pretty bad. If I'm, like, you're, like... a pretty pure comedian you know i i have
1: to kind of you know i i act. I, I act and yeah. stuff and that, that world is a sucks. totally different world
0: that world sucks
1: because you can't really say anything so even when i do stand like like what the fuck what am i supposed to say like no. i can only i've learned my lane is only telling my stories you right. can't argue with that right like if i'm just telling you stories about my father or like me growing up in hong kong exactly what are you going to say i'm a fucking asshole because i'm telling my <laughs> because i grew up a certain way like right. so that's the only thing That I found, Elaine, that I guess people can't
0: For now, they can't. For now. But as things get more and more ridiculous, eventually one day they'll be able to get mad at you for that. Like they just, once everything's been cleared out and people have been purified, they just move the goalposts. Yeah. And they find some new thing that's offensive to say or do. There's things that Mm. people are getting fired for today that three months ago you could say easily and people would agree with you. It's just weird, man. Say it to your friends. Don't tweet about it. (laughs) I I guess it's the lesson. Well, the thing is, a lot of people tweeted in, you know, fucking 2008. They tweeted it, and then someone will go back and find it 12 years later, and you get in trouble. And you get fired. People are getting fired for old tweets. Like, I'm really glad I don't have a job job, like where someone hires me or fires me. Cause just I've said a million things in the podcast, (laughs) drunk or high, or (laughs) talking shit with comedians, where you're just trying to make (sighs) each other laugh and say stupid shit. Yeah, and you know, and then if you take that out of, if you don't see the whole podcast and get the vibe of how we talk, right, in the conversation, you just make a snippet out of it. You can make someone look like a real piece of shit, but it's it's disingenuous. It's disingenuous. It's deceptive. They know what they're doing. They know that they're trying to paint a very distorted perception of who these people are when they're taking their tweets and taking them out of context and putting them up there and and trying to get them canceled. They have rocks, it's just like a looter in a lot of ways. Like they have rocks and there's a window and they want to throw a rock in a window.
1: You know, um, how the military uh, hires hackers to hack into their own system to see how vulnerable they are. I think there should be a new job out there for uh, comedians, uh, celebrities to hire these uh, 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 Twitter people <laughs> to see if they can
0: <laughs> dig up any
1: dirt. And yeah. I'll, I'll give them five grand if you can find anything.
0: Right, just to prevent some sort of tweet storm yeah. against you. That's a good idea, actually. That's actually a good idea for actors. Like they should do that before. Well, I know they do do that now when they hire someone for any sort of prominent, whether it's you're going to be on the Today Show or you're going to host some show or you're going to be a sitcom actor. They'll check your fucking tweets down. They want to make sure that they're not high, especially if you're a comic.
2: Right?
1: They, oh, they look at us tough.
0: like we're criminals. They look at us like, "What do you do? What have you been up to? <laughs> what have you been doing when no one's looking? What have you been writing on your own, you fucking weirdo? It,
1: yeah, trying yeah. to make
0: people laugh? Your ridiculous shit? Ugh, that's why the virtual shows are the worst. Imagine you trying
1: a joke on Zoom. Ah, they record canceled.
3: it. <laughs> and
1: you get cancelled off a Zoom virtual <laughs> show. <sighs> oh uh, it could happen it could happen yeah yeah well you, you know what's interesting though i i think um i was talking to my buddies about this if if i think i'm, I'm a nice guy if somehow there was an old tweet uh somebody found and it's some bullshit, and, and they're trying to cancel me do you think you or like friends of mine would speak up and be yes. like, hey man,
0: he's actually a good guy. I would 100% speak up for you. 100%. Right. right. So so
1: I think the people that actually got tweets dug up about them, there, there's two ways. Sometimes you get people speaking up and like, no, 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 he's actually a good guy. But most of the time it's like, yeah, he was an asshole. Yeah, he actually yeah. Uh, didn't uh, uh, hire no black people because blah blah. So I think it's the combination of both. That tweet just exposes a little bit of that person, and it then everybody be. jumps on and is like, yeah, no, you know what? He's actually a dick.
0: It could be, or it could be the person who's getting attacked is uh, does not have a high profile friend, and they're mm. you know they're kind of like just starting out. And maybe they got a job somewhere, and none of their friends have any clout, so they can't really speak up for them. And if they did, they'd get canceled. So they're scared. Yeah, they're scared of the mob because mm. it really is a mob, man. When mm. an internet mob comes after you, you know it's um it's just not a good way to communicate. You know, there's a an interesting guy who had a uh, tweet about this. I'm gonna pull this up. Um, there's a, a gentleman named. Where is his uh, tweet here? There, there it is, okay. Um, Alex Levinovitz, I'm sure I'm saying this right. Levinovitz, hmm. uh, Alan, I'm scared. sorry, Alan Levinovitz. I'm trying to read his last name, I can't even, I'm, I glossed over his first name. But he had a uh, really interesting point that what we're eating when people get sick, you're eating highly processed food, mm-hmm. right? You're not eating healthy, natural food. Mm-hmm. When you're consuming tweets and you're getting a lot of your information from Twitter and social media, you're getting highly processed information. Mm, interesting. And, yeah. and he was saying it's just as bad for you as processed food, and that it's unnatural, and it doesn't mm. come in a natural form. And uh, I was like, that's a very excellent point, the way he put his – um. His Twitter handle is Alan, A L A N L E V I N O V I T Z. I'm going to have him on the podcast too. He's an author and a professor. Um, uh, he's just a, the, the point was excellent. Like I've, I've said, I had a similar point that I said too many people like you consuming gossip and, yeah. and bullshit and you're watching stupid television shows, reality shows. And your, your your mental diet is very poor. But I think the way he formed it is actually even better. That it's really highly processed because the form where well, you're getting tweets, right? You're getting 280 characters. That form of like data and information. There's no social cues. There's no context. Mm-hmm. There's no nuance. And you're you're getting this very weird message. And you can decide good or bad. Good message. Bad message. Bad person. Good person. Yeah. Like it's hard. It's it's and then anger. You know, there's no there's no real way to commu. It's a bad way to exchange information with other human beings. What's the anonymity of it? Yeah, like that, people wouldn't true. say
1: that shit to your face. Yeah. They, they're either gonna get beat up or just there's a common courtesy when you're talking face to face. I wouldn't say certain things to you if but you're when a kind you're, person. Yeah, but when you're anonymous and then you're angry, that's uh, it's not.
0: It's also convenient. You can demonize someone and attack them. You you don't care if you get them fired because they had a weird Halloween picture. They dressed up like an Indian in nineteen eighty eight. You know, you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot of that shit going around. um, We should all delete our Twitters. I don't know why people have Twitters anymore. Well, it's good for promoting shows when we used to have shows, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I never, my Twitter never caught on because my shit is so vanilla. You know, because I don't ever say controversial shit. And that's how you get followers. Well, you're
0: smart. Yeah. Well, it helps. Controversial shit helps. I I used to retweet a lot of cool shit that people sent me, but then I I had to stop listening, reading things that people were sending me. The one thing I ever really recently tweeted about uh, was uh,
1: I don't even want to mention this, but the whole Shane Gillis thing with the SNL. Mm hmm. I was sitting in my trailer. I was just angry as an yeah. Asian person reading this, and then I just said, Oh brr, "This guy should not be here." Blah blah, you know. Like almost, uh, I became the mob. But I was just angry, and I never thought about it. And then I got so much flack, you know, uh, even saying something that I, that I thought was right from my experience, what I thought. And then ever since then, I was just like, "Forget it," you know. I'm gonna, I'm only gonna retweet other people's shit. I have no opinions.
0: Yeah, the Shane Gillis thing was very weird. Because, like, they're talking shit, right? They're trying to be offensive, to be funny. And no one was listening, right? When they were doing it and there's, like, you know, a thousand people downloading their podcast. They, they just thought they were just being offensive and saying ridiculous shit because you can and because you make each other laugh. I don't, think, I don't think he's racist. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's just talking shit. It's the casualness of yes. it, though. I think that was what got to me. It's like, Damn yeah there's just
1: white people in their rooms talking about us like that, like that <laughs> sucks, you know, and
0: I think it's... they probably wouldn't talk like that if no one was around it's weird it's like you're talking like that because you know it's taboo to talk like that it's mm-hmm. part of the fun of doing it it's so it's not it's i mean you know oh you're a racist- racist apologist i'm not i'm not apologizing for it, but <laughs> I am saying that that's what a lot of those kind of guys do there's like a shock aspect to certain comedy where they try to make each other laugh by saying shit you're not supposed to say and uh, He he had some fucking great sketches There was a great sketch that he put up that Norm Macdonald retweeted because Norm was upset that he got fired for it all and uh, it was about people taking things the wrong way and uh, Misunderstanding and running with the worst possible scenario and it just like compounded it was a really great sketch but I shouldn't have from... brought
1: that up, and now people's going to tweet at me. man no, like, you're, no, you're fucking no, an
0: no, asshole no, comic no, no, trying no. to get another comic fired. But no, you, you. I get it. You know, look, I get it, man. Especially being a minority in America, I get it. Being an Asian, like
1: I say this in my stand-up it's like uh, people coming up. Hey, thanks for representing Asians. I love, I love yeah. Asians. I love representing Asians, but it wasn't a choice. When you wake up Asian, <laughs> yeah. when you wake up Asian, you get only representations and there's some kind of responsibility. So.
0: I was talking to Steve Aoki about yeah. Bruce Lee. Uh-huh. You know, I'm a giant Bruce Lee fan and we were talking Bruce Lee stories and he was saying that like when he was a kid, it's like Bruce Lee was like finally like Asians had this representative, yes. this yeah. badass representative. Mm-hmm. You know, what just didn't exist before in popular culture. Like mm-hmm. that's how unique Bruce Lee is if you really stop and think about it. Like there was literally no one any even remotely like him in pop culture before him. And then bursts onto the scene. And then there was like a ton of fake ones. There was Bruce Lai. Do you remember? Do you know about no, Bruce Lai? No, what's Bruce Lai? When Bruce Lee died, they, they had this guy named Bruce Lai. They <laughs> had him dress like Bruce Lee and do very similar movies to Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee fans like myself, we like, all right, I'll take it. It's <laughs> like you know was he, he was
1: Asian though, right? Yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah, shit, yeah, All yeah, right. yeah,
0: I mean, Bruce Lee was
1: huge. I mean, you can tell his impact forty years later, he is still one of the most Asian, famous Asian yeah. sex symbols, yeah and 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 representation it's in it's extremely uh uh important in that sense, because I have had girls tell me this is uh just anecdotally can't hate me for the story, but I mean, it's just a fun story, <laughs> but uh, this girl told me she was like. Um, a white girl. She was like, you know, uh, when I watched The Crow, which is Brandon Lee's movie, his son. He was like, when I watched The Crow, I felt like that was my sexual awakening when I was 15 years old. (laughs) And guess what? I had sex with her that night. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that shit matters, bro. Like, I swear when Crazy Rich Asians came out and everybody was watching it, people wanted, want to start fucking Asian dudes.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Sadly, I don't know. Statistically. You know, I think they did some research on, like, plenty of fish or something. Asian dudes and black women are the least likely to get matched on dating apps. Uh, I don't know. It's probably a b- mm. much bigger systematic conversation because we were, you know, emasculated, mm. blah, blah. Uh, but um, I think with Representative, if, if we had, like, 10 more Bruce Lees, you know, or 10 more crazy rich Asians, that really helps. Just yeah. the media representation. you. Or me? I'm, you I'm just yeah, need to yeah.
0: blow the fuck up.
1: Hey, I, I, I'm doing fine. You know, you're doing uh, real fine. I, I need some other brothers too, or, <laughs> uh, or some some white girl to be watching my stand up and be like, you know, I'm gonna go fucking Asian guy tonight. <laughs> that's important, man. that's, yeah. that's my my uh, uh, dream in this business is to help other Asian brothers get laid.
0: I think you can do it. I hope so. I, I, I have faith in you. I you're might just that, do that, porn, Joe. You should do that too. Yeah. Whatever. You should be the only guy that has a, a dual career, like successful comedian, successful hmm. porn star. Is that pop There's something about right. If you be- decide to become a porn star, it taints you for everything else. Yeah, comedy though. Yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah, I, I don't think. Like, my acting career Dave would Chappelle be over. Just started slinging dick. That would be hilarious. <laughs> it would be kind of funny. But do you think that it would taint his comedy career at all? How, how's
1: his dick game, though?
0: How's his dick game? I bet it's pretty fucking strong.
1: If it's strong dick game, I think it will help.
0: You think so? I think so. Maybe, maybe
1: somebody's got to
0: be brave enough to do it. Do you remember when Snoop Dogg was like hosting pornos? He was. Yeah, he was hosting them. Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, like he would be like in the room, like oh shit, people are fucking. Like he was, <laughs> he was doing things. He was doing things with porn. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm sure I'm right about this. Yeah. But who wants that? I'm not doggy style, yeah. Yeah, doggy style. Oh. so he had like porn. That he was like put. Look, Snoop Dogg is beyond reproach. He's so cool. He's, he's get amazing. away with everything. Yeah, he get yeah. away with everything and anything, no
1: matter what it is. But that's a bad idea to start with. I don't even like uh, the dude talking shit when he's like fucking. You know, like, <laughs> I don't. I don't want any noise from the man.
2: <laughs> like, I, 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 like,
1: like this one guy. I think his name is a, a like one uh, a, a, a black porn star like Wesley Pipes. I don't know. know, maybe I know too much about porn, but he be talking some shit in his
3: pores and I'm like,
0: yo, shut up, dog! Like, let me, let, let me just concentrate. Yeah, dude. I'm
3: trying to be very careful here, but just showing you guys.
0: Oh yeah, we can't really uh, see this, right?
3: No, yeah, but this on uh, it's available to find.
0: And so, so the girls were like doing all their stuff, and he's like, he's not doing porn, but he's like producing it, right? He, he's not yeah. in the
1: same room. Right, he's like. I don't think so. That's
0: a good move. Probably had good advisors. Like, hmm, Snoop, let's uh, keep you
3: in the other room. Yeah, this was back when like we had the authorize button on the cable boxes, which just doesn't really exist anymore. Remember that? No, that's like how you bought pay-per-views. You had to press a button. You go to the channel, and then like if you wanted it, you hit authorize, oh, and then wow. like for three ninety-nine, you get to watch whatever was on.
0: I don't really remember that's how that. this
3: Like, yeah, there's, that's how, like. Uh, it's like when cable boxes first came out. You press it on the box itself? On the on the remote controller, oh. an authorized button. So there's oh. a DJ. It's it very easy for kids to buy paper. Porn. It's a
1: whole party, and then it becomes porn? <laughs> Looks like it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm no detective, but that girl's is... got her pants off.
3: Oh, there you go. And they always <laughs> oh, say something. Oh, there we go. Oh. Jeez Louise. I think it's like the after parties after the show. Yeah. So. But that, this is, oh, there's Snoop. Or... And they're all
0: dancing, and Everybody's having a good time. Yeah. Okay, so, seen enough. I don't know if I like that. Like, it's, uh...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like and,
0: uh, that. You know, it's too casual. The fucking is too casual. Right, right. It's out in a party. Everyone's out in the open in the middle of like, it's, it seems like they're by a pool. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, I don't kind know of a about pool that. party, fuck party type of vibe. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Maybe I'll consider point career. We'll see but it's weird right because everybody wants to fuck but nobody wants you to fuck on film Mm. mm. it could taint mm-hmm. you like if you found out that Scarlett Johansson was having sex You'd be like of course. She's having sex. She's a beautiful girl She probably likes men and she has sex But if you if you said, said Carl Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson wants to have sex on film and mm-hmm. you can watch her everybody be like what's wrong with her?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah I- <laughs> But, I mean, look, look uh, like Sasha Gray, porn star who became kind of an actress from those Soderbergh movies.
0: How many did she do? I, I, the Girlfriend Experience, I yeah, know she did. she did that And a couple of things. She's an like, odd case, right? She's very smart. Yeah,
1: she's, I think, a decent actress. But I, she'll never make it to that next level because she was a porn star. Now, has anybody done the reverse? Where they're an actor and then became a porn star and then went back to acting? Because you establish yourself as an actor.
0: I don't think they've ever gone back. It's one of those Hail Mary, last dish effort things. I think
1: Dustin Diamond, after his From career. From Screech? Yeah, I think he, did, he did
0: porn, right? Did he?
1: I'm sure he but did. But that was after he hasn't acted in a Didn't while. Didn't he stab somebody? I so. I that too. think he stabbed somebody.
0: Yeah, he did a lot of shit. He did stand up, stab somebody, <laughs> fuck people. Did a lot. We have a rich life. I like how (laughs) stand-up is grouped into that rock bottom. It is, though. We're we're grouped into porn stars and strippers. I think he did stand-up after he did porn. I think it's porn, stand-up, stabbing people. I think it was stand-up, stabbing people, porn. (laughs) But I might be wrong. (laughs) We're all just one step away from stabbing uh, and porn. uh, Do you know Vincent Gallo, the actor? Yeah, 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 yeah. Great actor, but... Ruined his career by getting a real blowjob in a movie that he produced. Well, that's
1: that's. Do you know sha- about that? I I think yes, I think I heard Brown about Bunny. that. On Bunny, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. got
0: that was recent. Well, no, no. It was like more than a decade ago. At least. Oh, okay. No, no, no. no yeah, I, I want to say. 2000 early 2000s. I want to no, say 2004 but, but that, maybe something like that. That brown sounds bunny.
1: I, I don't know what the uh, story is But that sounds kind of shady and me too if you're the producer and the star and you're getting you know a blowjob
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you could definitely see that 2003 yeah brown bunny. So it's with I don't know how to say her name Chloe Svindlegy. How do you say her name? Oh, uh,
1: Savigny. Is S- that right? Is that how you say it?
0: I, I don't know. She's she's bounced back Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily believe that he has and he's a really interesting like but what is it Buffalo? 64 is that what the name of that movie is? It's Mm. really weird interesting movie. He did some interesting shit What is that his Buffalo movie? Buffalo 66 Hmm. really interesting movie. He's a great actor Mm. but he decided I think he was like, you know, he's out there, right? He's a real artist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Probably also a pervert and he's like, listen, <laughs> how don't you just suck my dick for real and Chloe's like, let's do it I'm, oh. an, act, I'm an artist too. And so she really sucked his dick and That's... it was uh, it was pretty hot, but people got very mad They got very mad because his... They went to see the film like critics were fucking furious because they went to see it and instead of it being like Simulated it was mm. actual sex
2: mm.
0: hmm. It's weird, right? Like you could simulate violence, right? Like John Wick movies, I fucking love John Wick great. movies. Great, great movies. But it's a like bang, bang, yeah. brains are splattered, dudes are getting stabbed the eyeball, everybody's fine with it. Yeah. Cause you know it's not real. Yeah. Could you have simulated sex if you know for sure it's a rubber dick and a plastic pussy Fine, like show penetration. Fine, yeah. it's fake penetration, folks. No need to worry. Nobody felt really good while they were doing this. This is just rubber on plastic. It's just. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a, a. There was a robot. The robot was pushing, and it's a fake <laughs> dick, and it's all CGI. Yeah. Would everybody be cool with that? Well, you know what's
1: interesting. Now that you're talking about like real sex scenes inside of a movie, those movies Nymphomaniac, what's that dude's name? Uh Van Something. Like he's a European guy.
0: Oh, I don't know about those.
1: And that was like uh there was like real sex scenes and I think real double penetration in those movies. <laughs> but uh it was um it was like I guess, like a good, considered a really good uh, uh, envelope pushing type of movie. So maybe if you're European, you can get away with it.
0: Yeah, they have different standards. I was in uh, Germany, and I was flipping through the channels one time, and just raw porn was on regular TV. Uh huh. I was like, oh, okay. Just raw porn, just regular porn. People it's, are fucking. It's kind of cool. I guess. For them, they're like, do you want to watch people fuck? Here you go. <laughs> I, 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 don't get,
1: I don't get the appeal of it because there's Pornhub now. I
0: think what people are trying to do is what I'm saying about violence. Like, why are we so okay with overt, like, spectacular violence, mm-hmm. but we're not okay with sex? Like, if you knew, like, CGI is so good now. Mm-hmm. It's so good. You know, you can have monsters that aren't really there. They're all created by a computer. Yeah. Why can't you have, could you have CGI sex? Would people be okay with that? Or are we so freaked out by penetration that we don't even want to watch fake penetration.
1: I, and Nobody wants to get a boner next to their family in the is theater. That what it is? Maybe maybe it's the shame thing. Like but they now, they feel.
0: But we're so distorted. We we don't care if someone gets their brains beaten. And like one of the scenes on television that made me uh, I, I abandoned uh, Walking Dead mm. was when that was his name Negan. Is that his name? He beat Glenn to death with a baseball bat, oh, beat him over the head, mm. his fucking eyes hanging out, and he mm-hmm. smacked. I'm like, this is v- murder porn. Like, what is this? Why are you making me watch this? This is not fun. Mm. I don't want to watch someone get literally splatter. like he's beating him over the head. His brain is splattered like, like a watermelon that dropped off the top of a building. It was terrible. Yeah. That's huh. okay, but you couldn't, if you had a scene mm-hmm. in that movie where... A, 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 a man went down on a woman who was eating her pussy, and you could see him eating her pussy. People were like, This is outrageous! <laughs> this is disgusting! Get it off the TV! She's enjoying it every minute of it. She's got her feet up in the air, moaning. <sighs> He's there, blah, 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 blah. She's happy. People would be like, This is a terrible movie. You're a piece of shit. I can't believe you did this. I think it's a shame. You gotta, everybody watches porn and jerks off, but. Not everybody. Y- you gotta, wait, really? There's like 40 or 50 people that don't even touch it. That's tough they're no, just out there drinking water and running yeah yeah I don't I don't trust
1: those people I used to uh, my my, <laughs> old, my old roommate um uh, uh, we used to watch Game of Thrones together. And uh, great show, you know, but there's certain seasons that's slower than the other seasons. And I didn't like it because I was like, oh, I wish the storyline would go faster or the, you know, character would get developed faster. And my buddy Terrell, he was just like, man, I'm going to stop watching this show. There's, there hasn't been any fucking in the last four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't understand why he doesn't just go watch Pornhub or something. <laughs> like, why does he, he, he watch Game of Thrones only for the fucking? Yeah, I,
0: some people are unique. Yeah, they have a different take on things, <laughs> but this uh, brown bunny man that tanked Vincent Gallo's career. I mean, you don't hear about him anymore. He was a big star. Like he was in a lot of like really interesting movies that were well respected, and it was a big mm-hmm. deal. And this one movie, seventeen years ago, fucking. What's he doing now? He he might as well just double down and do porn. No, I think he went back to doing movies and I think he just does, you know, kind of obscure art house movies probably that is that the case, Jamie, that people don't really know about that much. You just don't hear his name and he's it's a shame because he's Mm. a really fucking great actor. Mm. He just had this idea and his logic. It's it's you know, it's trackable like you get it like why I'm going to she's going to actually blow me for real. Instead of like a scene where a woman, like if there was a scene, they're making out and the girl goes down and you just see her head Yeah, and he's like, oh, uh, and we're fine with that. We're fine with that. Yeah. We don't Yeah, want to actually see a dick in a woman's mouth though, even though we know that's what it's supposed to be. Well, but also maybe it's because he produced it or wrote it like that. That's yep. like me writing
1: yep. a sex scene for myself. That's gross. Yeah. Like that's me too, for sure.
0: Well, unless your girlfriend was the actress and you guys talked about it and she's cool with it and she wanted to do it. Yeah. I don't know what kind of relationship he had with Chloe. But um, well, it's it, but that's the real, like, to, like especially today in the Me Too era, you could fucking never get away with that unless it was the girl's idea. You know, unless like, so, like, you'd have to get her on video saying, it's my idea to suck your dick. I want to do it. Like, you'd have, you'd have to, like, have, you'd have to get lawyers involved. You'd have to sign NDAs. People I, would have to sign consent forms.
1: I, I sadly have, I don't think I've ever had a sex scene. In a in, uh, in, in anything. I don't think that's sad. You should, is it? yeah. I just, I, I just feel it's I'm fine. like, oh, what am I? Am I not like not a sex symbol? You, is maybe? that what's, like, bothering what's you going you? on? A little bit. I mean, time
0: to write a movie, bro. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've been, I've been. I still, uh, I still can't. I can't write my own sex scene. Somebody got to write it for
0: me. Wasn't that a part of that ridiculously bad movie called The Room? When the guy uh, wrote yes. his own oh. sex
1: scene. Didn't oh, he? So
0: gross, <laughs> <laughs> so gross.
1: But the James Franco movie version was it of it was quite funny and and. It's obviously kind of making fun of this guy. He has some, um, you know, some redeeming qualities. He's just like a dreamer. You know, good for him. But it's making fun of the guy, but he doesn't care. He just wants to, like he was next to James Franco on stage at the Golden Globes and stuff. He just wants that fame.
0: Yeah, he just wants attention even if he's the even if he's the nail. You, you, he doesn't need to be the hammer.
1: You know what the most insulting thing I, I've gotten? This is recent. I don't even know how I should talk about it, but anyways, I should because it's just funny. You know, I'm I'm finally at this point in my career. People send me scripts if I want to do it, which is very flattering. I'm like, oh, great. So there's an email my agent sent me. He's like, either you're going to be really angry at this or really happy about it. I was like, oh, fuck. Not a good way to start an email (laughs) from your agent. And um, they're like, they want you to play a lead in this biopic. I was like, oh, shit. What's up? You know, like, I'm ready. Uh, And then they're like, yeah, but uh, it's the biopic of William Hung. I was like, brother, are you
0: kidding me? Is that me? the Virginia shooter? Nah, nah, no. nah, Which nah, nah. He, oh, that's that guy. He's the American Idol, singer? Yeah. she bangs, motherfucker. Oh, I met that dude. Look, nothing wrong with the guy. There was definitely something wrong with him.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But he's not
0: malicious. No, he, no, no, he no. Might be a no. little Asperger or something. I, I don't right. know what, what, what it is, but... <laughs> I thought it was that, that one dude who was a shooter I at the read... university.
1: Yeah, Virginia, yeah that, that's that? tough, too. I read all 115 pages of that script. I've never been so angry reading a <laughs> script. Like, I wanted to fucking vomit. And Why were you angry? Well, you gotta understand, I think, um, William Hung set us back like 10 years. <laughs> Look, nothing wrong with that, brother. It's not his fault. Right. Maybe there's a very nuanced way to write this movie of why... American Idol producers picked him out of the crowd and featured him just to make fun of him and why the rest of America laughed at this guy Mm. That might be an interesting story.
0: Well, wasn't that the whole thing about American Idol? It's like you had real talent But then you also had delusional people and the delusional people was part of the oh, it was funny I love
1: watching that, but I think it just cuts so deep as an Asian guy It's the opposite of Bruce Mm. Lee William Hung is the exact opposite of (laughs) Bruce Lee
0: and and but he's there's something wrong with him i mean as a human being like there's something to be like i get that the guy signed a release and i get that that's part of the fun with the show but there is kind of a difference between people that are mentally challenged Mm. and someone who's just not very talented but people are laughing at him exactly that's what i'm saying he's mentally challenged there's something wrong with him
1: when i say there's nothing wrong with him i don't mean he's not you know, autistic, mentally challenging, whatever it may be. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with his intentions. Right. He's a dreamer. He want to make it. Right. 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 So there is sure a very nuanced way to write about William Hung. um, That could work, but we just shouldn't make that movie. Have we ran out of Asian people out there Mm -hmm. that I can do biopics about and a fucking
0: William Hung script lands on my desk. Well, isn't that, that's a part of the problem with reality TV in general, right? It's like, what they're trying to do is there's some reality TV that's based on actual events that are taking place. But a lot of it is like they're taking you have to sign these releases on a lot of these shows that allow them to edit your words in a very mm-hmm. distorted way. Mm-hmm. Like you can you and I can have a conversation. You could have an answer to one question and they'll put that answer on another question. that's totally unrelated. Right. That makes you look like a real piece of shit. Right. And they are 100 percent allowed to do that. Yeah, and they do that for the storyline. They do that for the narrative. They don't care about your reputation. They don't care about what happens when you go back home. People are like, how can you fucking say that, Jimmy? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't. Like, you yeah. don't have access to the raw tapes. You can't release. You know, no one's going to believe you. But that's they victimize people on purpose just so that they can make a good what they call a good show. Yeah, but they're doing that with him. It's different because. He's got a problem. It's not like he's a guy like it's not like if I decided I was gonna be a singer Yeah, I went on American America's Got Talent. I was terrible Yeah, and I was I'm singing and everybody just they hit the buzzer get the fuck out of here (laughs) Yeah, I'm I can I'm a normal person like if you think I suck like I probably suck Yeah, but if I have a problem like a mental problem like there's something wrong with me Yeah, and I do that and you know there's something wrong with me and you still put me on television That's where we're getting weird Mm. That's what we're getting like, are you, pro- you're profiting off Taking of Taking peop- advantage of somebody. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're profiting off of someone who's clearly mentally handicapped in some, some way, shape or form. If there's a spectrum mm-hmm. of mental disability, he's on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's not you. It's not Jamie. It's not me. It's not uh, like, oh, there's a regular guy. Yeah. He's, you know, we're all different, but regular, like you can talk to them. Yeah. That guy's off. Something's, all- you know, he's off. Yeah. But they like, perfect. Run it perfect line them up because the people laugh they know people laugh and why yeah. are people laughing you
1: know i look it's it's tough being uh, i guess one of few asian actors in america right uh i'm very fortunate to be in that position we all kind of know each other it's a small circle i'm very proud of all of us but early on in my career i got some flack uh from silicon valley my, my character you know uh it was a uh, accented character um, which, I mean, for me, it's a little different because I came to this country when I was 13. I couldn't really speak English. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to play an earlier version of myself. I understand. I'm going to try to put some humanity in this character. But then some uh, articles or whatever, it's like, this is an offensive stereotype, blah, blah. And that really looked into that. I was like, okay, I get it. Eventually, the character became a more three-dimensional character because the joke's no longer on him just being foreign. It's on him being like a diabolical coder person or whatever. But it's tough being an Asian actor because now not only do I have to uh, 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 decide on playing a part or not by looking at, oh, is this a good script? I got to look at the cultural ramifications. Is this good representation? Mm. Because there's so few of us, each of us that does something means so much more, right? Uh, That was the beef with the Apu character because there wasn't a lot of Indian and then you characterize, whatever. Now, that's what's great about Uh, uh, Crazy Rich Asians and I had a lot of fun on that movie because for one of the first times I wasn't the only Asian dude on set and I can just play a character. My character is an asshole in that movie but I can just lean into that and be a character actor and play it.
0: And it's a powerful, funny movie. It's yeah. a great production. It came out excellent. Everybody enjoyed it. It's all a, good. And there's
1: a whole spectrum of Asians. It's not just one Asian representing all Asians. It's, yeah. it's your handsome Asians, your asshole Asians, the uh, a romantic lead, and also the bitchy ex-girlfriend, whatever. So we can just actually be actors for the first time mm. and not be actors slash Asian representatives. So when something like William Hung comes to the table—
0: yeah. Just can't do it, man. I mean, I come it. on. I get it. You know, it's interesting that that it's like when someone gets offended at racial stereotypes, society puts it through this filter of whether or not it's valid. And I'll give you an example: The Sopranos,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the uh, Italian American Anti Defamation League, or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it is. I don't know. They they were pissed at the Sopranos. They were pissed that it was uh, it was reinforcing negative stereotypes about Italians and. I'm Italian, and Mm -hmm. everyone I know that's Italian was like, what (laughs) the fuck are you talking about? Those are real people. I know guys like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is offensive? What's offensive? Reality? Yeah. Is the mob real? Are those fat guys real? Do they eat pasta like that? Yeah. That's real. Yeah. Like, that's not a Because Italians aren't really discriminated against, Mm. so it's
1: It doesn't hold any water. What also, you are Italian, there's a ton of Italian actors, comedians out there, so uh, Sopranos is not the only place where you see Italians. Right, it's not the only representation. So that waters it down and it's fine. Yeah. Because white people, you can play uh, whatever, Uh, mentally handicapped guy, not so smart guy, or complete asshole, because there's a million other white people.
0: But as soon as you play a mentally handicapped guy, it's over. That's a very dangerous. That was uh, Robert Downey Jr.
1: Oh, he in, was uh, Tropic uh, Thunder, Tropic never go Thunder. full retard. Never go full retard. <laughs>
0: but didn't he get an Oscar nomination for being in blackface? I hope he did. I mean, he. We talked about it on the podcast, and he was a. It was like a day. Thank God, we talked about it on the podcast months ago, mm. and we didn't talk about it today because today I wouldn't even bring it up. Like today, people are getting can, the guy who's the fucking editor of Bon Appetit. Yes, yeah, I saw they that. they got he got fired yeah. for a photograph that he took dressing up like I guess he's Puerto Rican like that was a costume like a that he brown did brown face or something no like that No brown face at all, just gold chains okay. and a hat that said the Bronx or something.
1: Yeah. I yeah. I mean,
0: it's, it's I think they said they called it racially insensitive.
1: Well, but that was kind of what I was talking about earlier though. Adam Rappaport. I I'm a big fan of Bone Appetit. Um until like maybe then and then i gotta okay what's going on here because okay the news came out with him on that picture yeah. but it's not that picture and then his staff there's this girl uh that was uh one of the only minorities on camera she started saying yes i agree not just that picture but i'm the only maybe non-white person on camera that's not getting paid fairly they just want to push me on camera for diversity but i get paid f- fractions of whatever the other pay- people and then even other white people spoke up and be like, yeah, we have some systematic stuff here we should look into.
0: Oh, at the, yeah. At the organization. Yeah, so
1: it's like... So it's a combination yeah, of Yeah, so if I, if, if I have a Puerto Rican picture of me, I don't think people would start jumping on me and be like, yeah, he is kind of a dick But or here's,
0: here's the example. If someone had a picture of them pretending to be Italian, nobody mm. would give a fuck. If, if he had a tank top on with spaghetti stains on it and his hair greased back... No one would give a fuck. The problem may be that there's not enough representation in a positive way of Puerto Ricans in the media. Because like, you have who's like, who are the most? There's a lot of famous Puerto Ricans. Yeah. Like who who are? Give me examples of. I don't want to get the wrong nationality with famous actors, but I'm very aware that there's a lot of famous Puerto Ricans. Yeah. But maybe not enough. Maybe like because if if man maybe it's a Maybe it's the timing of immigration. Too. Like My grandparents, when they came here, my, I talked to my grandfather a lot about it. They were horribly abused. Mm. And there was a lot of racism against Italians when they were initially immigrated in the early 1900s. But by the time I was a kid, it was gone. I mean, I experienced mm. a little bit of it in Boston with Irish kids. They would make fun of me for being Italian or shit on me for being Italian. But... By the time I was a grown man, it's like that kind, of, like anti-Italian racism is non-existent, basically. Because it's guys like are
1: just white kind of. It's like COVID
0: like, in Italy right now. It's you can't even <laughs> you can't even find it. Like the, you see the new CDC, they were talking about uh, COVID. They're like the 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 viral load in Italy right now is so small, it's barely registering. Oh wow, really? Yeah, because they were rough. They had it rough had it for rough. a while. Yeah, they're not healthy. Again, these are my people They fucking eat pasta, drink wine They all smoke cigarettes They live on top of each other Mm -hmm. No one's washing their hands Yeah there's no exercise. Try finding—I was just having this conversation with Sebastian uh, yesterday. We were joking around about this. He was uh-huh. like, he's like, try finding a fucking good gym in an Italian hotel. <laughs> and it's totally true. Every time I'd go there, it would be like some cable machine with some fucked up pulley system that's broken. And mm-hmm. I just wound up doing push-ups and sit-ups and just run up the rocks or something. Like, there's no gyms. <laughs> like, the gym is a joke. No one over there is working out. Well, the thing is, I,
1: I don't think I, I, I want to say that or I could say that. I can't just do a bit about Italians not having gyms and being fat. Right,
0: Right, but Sebastian Uh, Manisalko can do that. I can do that. But I'm I'm saying you you can do that. But But you could too. We wouldn't give a fuck. No one cares. Somebody this, would. You and Sebastian wouldn't, but somebody might Most people are assholes. Whoever would, would it'd be like those Italian American anti defamation people that got mad at the Sopranos. Like, shut up. There's no anti I mean the, the anti Italian sentiment in this country is so small, it's you can't even measure it. It's a it doesn't mm. count. You can't complain. Mm. You can't complain where you see what Asian people have to go through, black people have mm-hmm. to go through, Mexican people have to go through, Muslim people have to go through. You can't complain if you're Italian. Yeah. You can. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, Alonzo Bolton, uh said this jokingly to me after, you know, my set, because my set has a lot of Asian stuff, my stories, you know, and some complaints. And then he's like, you know, uh, I like how you're talking about race because uh, you got minor inconveniences. Black people get shot. <laughs> you know, and I, I was like, "Oh shit, should I never talk?" But he's a friend. He was joking, yeah, he's but he joking. has a point. You know, yes. but that's kind of what you're saying. Yes. You know,
0: it's a point. It's a real good point. But yeah, it's a point. But it's, but it's weird that we have like hierarchies of racial discrimination in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, there's hierarchies, and then there's there's like positive racial stereotypes, right? Black guys, big dicks. Asian guys, good at math. Mm-hmm. I go, are those, are those okay? Like, are those stereotypes okay?
1: A- apparently not. I, I don't think. I don't <laughs> think it is. Uh, I. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's.
0: Uh. I wonder when, as a, a culture, we'll get. I mean, I. Th- I really, honestly believe this, and I'm a. Ver- I'm one of those. I'm a forever optim- optimist. Mm-hmm. I really believe that this moment, the reason why these people are in the streets, the reason why there's all, uh, uh, take away the looting, just the peaceful protests. The reason why all this is happening, is because. There's a lot of parts of our culture that haven't caught up to the, the, the zeitgeist, to the way people feel about things, mm-hmm. the way people are disgusted by racism, the way people are disgusted by discrimination. And then people are united and they're getting together to try to show that. Like it's a cultural shift that's represented by this mass movement of human beings. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think everything, if you follow like Steven Pinker's work where he talks about violence and you know, if you go back and look at crime, uh, 100 years ago versus now you see this very steady decrease in crime and violence and people are getting better we're getting better at everything and i i feel like this is a cultural moment where mm-hmm. people are going to get better at racism yeah i i hope so not better I mean... at doing it better, better. <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 no, we're no, gonna no. be sneakier at it uh, yeah. no i mean really about better just we're all humans man and the, the only difference is is you know that we we came from different climates and to pay attention to that and focus on that above all else is just it's so it's it's annoying. Yeah, it's dumb. It's just it's a an artifact of the past, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: You know, I wanted to get to the point where you can make fun of everybody and no one gives a fuck. Well, yeah, so it's just fun. And also, you want to like,
1: like when I talk to my black friends, I'm not asking them, "Yo, man, tell me about Black Lives Matter, educate me," or whatever. Like. We're past that. Like, when I'm talking, to, I'm talking about girls. You know, like, we're life. kind of, right, life. Yeah. But but I think when you're uncomfortable, that's when you're like, hey, Joe, so you're Italian, huh? Like, imagine <laughs> if, if, if that's my conversation, with, that's yeah. weird. Like, if yeah. you come up to me, I walk in this door and the first thing you ask me is Asian shit. Like, why did you
0: learn I, the, to use chopsticks? Yeah, Early that, on? Like, we're not friends. Like, we're just, <laughs> you know,
1: you're just, I'm your Asian consultant or right. whatever. So I think, right. yeah, it, it, it's good to get past that point where, yeah. sure, we can just talk about, Anything yeah. that's beyond that, but yeah, there's so much work to be done. I think there's, I think it's what's happening is 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 very it's a great turning point when we look back and be like, yeah, yo, that happened. There's no, great yeah. things happening,
0: yeah. and then there's also the feeding frenzy. Like, the, the online mob feeding frenzy is happening, too. There's, like, this whole broad, broad range of things that are happening all at once. Mm-hmm. And there's great things and bad things, but that's just part of being human. Like, we, you have to see the bad things and just go, this is fucking gross. Like, let's get away from this. And mm-hmm. this is better. And then you see, you know, like... When, when people see things that give them hope and you see all those like heart signs or people love things and like things and say, this is amazing. And then they share it and repost it and retweet it. It's like, that's, it's, it's spread through people. We should all be looking for more things that make us feel good, whether mm-hmm. it's our own actions or things that we can find online, like more, more things that like, that, that resonate with how we want the world to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I,
0: don't, I mean, I don't, and, I don't, I don't have anything to add to pussy. that. That's, and and pussy. and pussy. Well, I mean, that makes you feel good. That's an, all these that, things are good. <laughs> and dick for the ladies and the gay folks, folks. And pussy for the ladies that are into ladies. So the conclusion of good. that entire conversation pussy is: pussy and dick good.
1: I should do porn. That's that's what I've been we're taking that that away in everything. a
0: subtle way. Okay. The past hour and a half, bro.
1: I'll reconsider you my career. You can do it. I could. I, well, you don't. You don't know my my uh, my dick, dick game. game. You don't know my dick game.
0: I've heard your jokes about your dick game, so yep. I'm assuming your dick game's pretty good. I gotta represent, bro. <laughs>
1: gotta gotta do a gotta do a dick game joke, you know, to represent. I'm tired of this shit.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like um, comedy has less opportunities for Asian guys? Hmm, Stand up in yeah. itself. Yeah. Stand-up,
1: I think, I look at stand-up as such a utopia. I have such a love for it because it's... It's a meritocracy. It is a meritocracy. And the weirder you are, the less fitting in you are in society, the better you're probably going to be. You have an angle. And when I first started, I was able to uh, uh, do some, uh, say, Brea improv or whatever shows that I would never have gotten to do one year in because there were Asian shows. Mm -hmm. So I was able to fit something, you know, uh uh so so that it could be it could be i always say this i think it's it could be easier if you have an angle whereas it's a, a race thing or something some specialty mm-hmm. of yours to get into acting to get into comedy but when you get to a certain level it becomes less work i think
0: mm. interesting
1: yeah like gives you an angle to break in but once you have broken in then it might it, it might not be. You know.
0: I've had conversations with my female friends about stand up, uh, female friends that are comics about stand up, and the ones that are really good,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all seem to think it's a meritocracy, and the ones that are not very good seem to oh. think there's some discrimination. Interesting. Yeah, the one like you talked to Ali Wong. Mm-hmm. Ali Wong and I had a conversation about it, and I'm and she goes, "Do you think it's a meritocracy?" I go, "I do." She goes, "I do too. I mm-hmm. think it's." Cause like, look, she's fucking murdering it, right? Killing it, killing yeah, it, absolutely. Smash. She did like some insane number of sold out shows in San Francisco. She's a beast. Mm-hmm. She's there's no denying that, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Also a woman, and but there's other women that'll tell you like it's hard for women to get on the lineups. It's hard for women to get promoted. I'm like, hmm, okay. I think it's harder for women to go on stage. It's harder for first of all, if a woman goes on stage and does stand up, almost automatically her politically her political opinions nobody wants to hear. Men don't want to hear your political opinions. Mm, mm, Men mm. don't want to hear you telling them things that they don't already know. Mm. Men don't want you to like if you talk about sex. Like, man, like, you got to be, like, a broken, slutty kind of a girl to talk about sex on stage. And then they'll go with it. But if you're just, like, a regular girl with no problems and you want to talk about sex, it's, like, you're, you get scrutinized, I think. So you have to be better. You have to, I yeah. think, like, for a woman to, like, ride like a Whitney Cummings or a Liza or someone to, like, rise through the ranks, like, you, you have to be undeniable.
2: Mm, like, you have to mm, be able to go yes. into any
0: crowd and slay, mm-hmm. you know? and But... Some women the, along the, that process of like figuring out that there's a sort of a narrow window that you can fit your jokes through in the beginning, at least. They stumble into that and they, they bounce off those walls. And they don't they don't get this like a guy can like right away talk about politics, talk about mm. sex, talk mm. about anything for men. It just has to be funny. It's basically wide open. But men discriminate. A lot of men do. I don't want to generalize. A mm-hmm. lot of men discriminate when they see a woman go on stage. They go, "Oh mm. great, a woman comic. Some woman I don't know. Right? Is she going to suck? What, well, is she going to talk about politics? Shut the fuck up! <sighs> like they don't want Like some men don't want to hear a woman talk.
1: Yeah, that's tough, man. It's I never tough. thought about that. Um, Women have to be better. I, and 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 I guess. Do you think it's harmful or is it helpful to start in that narrow lane? Whereas it's a girl talking about dirty sex stuff or an Asian comic talking about being Asian and then you can expand to other jokes
0: Well, I think we all start with training wheels. Right? Yes. I mean we all talk about
1: jerking off in, in our yeah. first five minutes Yeah, <laughs> you have
0: to. yeah. well I, how old were you when you started stand-up? 21. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know anything I was a moron like I, yeah. sex was the only thing that I was even interested in so that's all I talked about on stage right right you know right. So, and uh, I You're don't, just surviving. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever you can get a laugh, you know. A hundred percent. You do it. Yeah. Um, I think it's harder for women. The the beginning parts are harder. It's harder. Mm. It's harder to do that. It's harder to just- you can't just talk about sex. They, I think they have to be a little more undeniable. They have to be- they're a little mm. more scrutinized. And again, a lot of it is like men don't necessarily- a lot of men, again, I'm generalizing, don't necessarily want to hear a woman on stage. See, there's a thing about stand-up too, like- Like, you're a smooth guy when you're on stage. I I love your delivery, your presentation. You're very easy to watch. You're very casual. But because of that, because you're so comfortable, it gives you the illusion that anyone can do it.
1: Right, right. Because you're just talking. Right.
0: I can talk too. I can go up there and do what he's doing. I know how to talk. He's talking. I can talk. I'm going to do stand up. Yeah. And so it gives the, it gives the, so dopey men. Already think they can do what you do Mm -hmm. and when a woman does it Dopey men that are sexist Automatically think they can Uh, do better than that woman and they don't want to hear Huh, yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's an easy, it's like acting. It's like acting seems easy, just being right. himself. You just know? talking. They don't know the writing that puts into it, like for us comics, and then the, the training for actors. It's not like we're
0: driving an airplane, you know, uh,
1: or flying an airplane.
0: Well, when you get to it's, that like Daniel Day-Lewis style of acting, like, bitch, you can't do that. <laughs> Stop pretending you could do that. You get to like my left foot or some of the crazy shit that he did, you know. I would say
1: something about acting, there are naturals. Like yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, never taken acting class. She's great, probably crazy as fuck. Uh, who knows? I, that's I, I, I what I would yeah. say. Yeah, but just really good uh, at <laughs> at at something. Whatever the at skill set. At pretending and lying, something yeah. right? And you're just really good. Are really good at uh, uh, knowing the human condition somehow. Yeah. <clears throat> but comedians, even if you're a fucking natural, you suck in the first five years. Yeah, you suck. You suck.
0: I mean, you might get a. couple Have you of seen good anyone that's just there? like immediately good? Some guys that have gone through Alcoholics Anonymous. Are really good right off, right off the bat, because
1: that's like their stage training. Yeah, when yeah, they... yeah,
0: yeah. Really? Because, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a dude that I knew back in Boston who was hilarious. Well, quite a few guys actually in Boston started out in AA, but this guy Dave Fitzgerald, and I remember uh, he was a grown man when I was a boy. I was like 21, and he was you know late 30s, and that's when he was starting stand up, but he was way advanced because he just had this ability. Because he would do the, he was an alcoholic for years, so he would he had these great fucking stories. Of all the times he did coke and and drank so much that he didn't remember what he was doing and You know got arrested and he would tell these crazy drug-fueled stories Mm. on stage At an AA meeting and people Mm. be dying laughing Mm. and he had this sort of way of doing it And then I believe it was I forget who the comic was it was in the audience It was also in AA they grabbed him and said hey, man, you ever thought about doing stand-up? You're fucking funny. You could do stand-up. Because he was killing at AA meetings. So then when he, <laughs> so then when he would go to... Because you got to think. It's stage time. Yeah. You know? Hey, my name's Dave. And he had this like, crazy, raspy voice. He had a hard life. Boston accent, hard life. And um, he's a funny fucking dude. And he would go on stage at a comedy club the way he would go on stage at an AA meeting. And murder. So he was, he was, he was killing real, way before me. Killing real early on. Because he had months of stand-up. Ah, Maybe even sense. years. I'm not sure how long he had done uh, the AA meetings before he actually got on stage at a club. But he, w- he had an advantage.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah but that's an... still stage time. Yes. It's like he's been doing open mics for five months. Also super
0: supportive open mic nights. Like, oh, hi, my name's Dave. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Dave. Yeah. You yeah, know, everybody's yeah. there. You get a little more comfortable, get loose. And you're around a bunch of other fellow junkies yeah. who fucked up their lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting? Like, speaking of,
1: like, being supportive, um, comics, we're very, like, we make fun of each other. That's what we do. Yes. It's like you, you, you walk off a stage, like... uh, The first, like if you bomb and you walk on the stage, like what are you doing? A fucking one man show? Yeah. You know, which (laughs) is in a way now it's a compliment. If you can do a one man show, you're killing. But we just break each other's balls, right? But I remember the first time I took improv classes. I was so uncomfortable because everybody's so supportive. You know, it's like zip, zap, zoom. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Let's do these exercises and shit. And then I was like, oh my God, if my buddy Terrell saw me doing this, <laughs> I would not, oh my God, I would not hear the end of it, you know? But there's something really nice about that. When you get to a certain level in acting or, or when you get over yourself as a stand up, you want to, you should be around uh, supportive people.
0: Yeah. Once you get to a certain level, but then when people bust balls, like if, Like someone gets off stage and has a terrible set, and their friends bust their balls, usually they'll laugh. They're like, dude, I just ate shit. You ate <laughs> plates of shit, yeah, son. Yeah, 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 Let's yeah, have yeah. a drink. And yeah. there's laughter. It's like there's 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 fun to it. It's like they're they're picking up your spirits by making fun of you, and then you get to laugh at that. And yeah. like we all know it's a process. You trust the process. And one of the things you have a stand up special that's out right now?
1: Yeah, on Amazon. Is it right now?
0: Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Right now. When did it come out? When did it come out? It came out two weeks ago, I think. Okay, beautiful. So that when did you film this? November. Oh, you, so you year. got in pretty early.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. I start my set by saying, "Asians, we had a couple of good years." <laughs> I guess not so true anymore, you know, after the whole COVID no, thing. You got in
0: right before COVID became gigantic news.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was pretty tough. I mean, before so so the special came out what in May yeah early may right uh and I was like I was kind of kicking myself, I was like, shit if if it would have been later, my whole material would have changed like blah blah, but it's like good to kind of have that out there, yes, and have people kind of see a glimpse of how good life was maybe six months ago, mm, you know like yeah. how positive it was because now it would have been a little more somber tone, I think you
0: know? yeah, it's hard now, I mean it's hard to figure out like what to say it's yeah. gonna it's gonna take a while for everything to like settle in the place where people can accept even what's happened i mean how many people you're dealing with in the audience that have lost their job Oof. how many people are you're dealing with that are, that, you know there's no job for it doesn't exist anymore their business is gone yeah and they just want to laugh and like maybe there's some wounds that you don't want to scratch up we're gonna have to navigate those weird waters yeah i don't know like when we go back do we open with talking about COVID and quarantine <laughs> because that's what's on everybody's mind or do we talk about something totally different i think i'm gonna not talk about COVID. I might talk about the the uh, the riots fascinate me, because it's what I've always said. Like when people have said to me, like, "Why do you have guns? Like, why why are you into self defense? Like, why are you in all this stuff?" I'm like, civilization is a thin veneer. Mm. Like we have only been civilized for the last ten thousand years or so. Before that, we were fucking barbarians for hundreds of thousands of years. We have that same DNA of those barbarians. It's in our blood. Hmm. And we keep it together with religion and societal norms and and community and love and friendship but when things go sideways you get to see what people are really capable of and that's what we saw during the looting and the riots mm. when people have an excuse and a reason particularly when people are backed into a corner because they couldn't work for three months mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then there's a justification the, the system is fucked up this guy that killed that the the cop that killed that guy is a piece of shit mm-hmm. there's there's rights and then you see cops that are fucking shooting tear gas at people and you're like fuck yeah mm-hmm. they just want to smash and Loot. You see that thin layer of what a what a human being really is. That the civilization veneer gets removed, and you go, "Oh, look at the real the mm. real thing under there." This is a, a an animal. Humans are animals. We're a weird talking animal. Mm-hmm. That and we we want to survive, and we, we have ideas of fairness and rules, and 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 we have a mob mentality. There's a weird thing that will happen that it's probably built into us from. Thousands of years of surviving hand-to-hand combat and war when shit goes crazy around you lock into Chaos mode Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. if you've ever been around a mob like that's going crazy and nutty. You can feel it man You Mm -hmm. feel it in your skin. You feel it in the air I'm fascinated by that and I'm probably gonna talk about that
1: and you're the most prepared guy If some shit comes to shit you can fight you got you got weapons Yeah, But I'm gonna
0: be the first to get the fuck out of here too. I'm the last to stay and fight I'm like get the fuck out of here. You can't win this. Yeah, this is not a winnable situation This is not a home invasion. This is this is the world going sideways like you got to get the fuck out How does it feel to be
1: uh, uh, a Martial arts expert somebody that can fight like do you feel more confident going outside? Do you like you know cuz I'm always looking around like okay Make sure that guy doesn't
0: fuck me up. He can he can totally kill me like, you know, whatever People can always shoot you, they can always shoot you, they can always stab you, they can always hit you over the head when you're not looking. There's always danger in being a person, especially when you're around bad people, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm in a situation where there's some guy who's a dick, and you know, I think, like, I've seen people get beat up, man, that couldn't defend themselves, and it's horrible to watch, it's sad. Mm. I mean, we've seen many videos online of of people just getting beat up by somebody, because they don't know how to fight. And you see some person who really doesn't even know how to fight, and they're beating the fuck out of someone and hurting them really bad. Yeah, that's not going to happen to me. Uh huh. I like that. I like that if some asshole tries to do that to me, I can, I can hurt them. I can detain them. I can, I could submit them. Yeah, but it it doesn't ever get to that point. Have you, have you gotten in fights lately? I'm not a fighter. I mean, I know how to do it, but I'm a nice person. So just knowing that, having a self-confidence, that's, that feels it good. Helps. That feels zen. It's it helps. It. Yeah. But there's a lot of sketchy people out there, man. We've all seen videos. I mean, I watched a video yesterday of some guy punching some girl in the face for, like, no reason and knocking her unconscious. I'm like, what the fuck? People are assholes. There's a yeah. bunch of people that are abused, and they come from horrible backgrounds. Yeah. They're abused by their parents or their family, and they're, they're a mess. Mm-hmm. And they, they walk amongst us free until they commit crimes and they get locked in jail. So if somebody wants to fight me, what I do, I just run. Yeah, get the fuck out of there, bro. But you got to see mm. it coming. Seeing it coming is real. That's a real important part of it. Like seeing it coming right away. Seeing sketchy people and knowing you got to have that spidey sense. Yeah. You got to get the fuck out of there. But it's exciting to be around danger. That's the other for you, not me. (laughs) (laughs) It's exciting to be in weird areas and be around weird people. It's like when things are a little bit, a little sketchy, a little seedy. People enjoy that. It's like a. It's like what do you? What would you rather have? Would you rather have everything be fucking boring and vanilla and just right? Everything is Hermosa Beach. Or, you know, every now and then you want something to be just a little bit fucking dirty. Makes little, you
1: feel a little alive. Yeah. When you do the shitty mics or, like, random mm-hmm. spots here and there, there's a grittiness to it. Yeah. That I think, especially stand-ups, we really gravitate to that.
0: Yeah. I think It feels live. We lack like a little danger. Yeah. We also, like, what you're doing when you're doing stand-ups, you're kind of exposing... These truths that everybody kind of knows about but doesn't talk about, and it frees him in a way like yes, mm. yes, like there's like there's thoughts that are they're there, but you gotta unearth them,
1: you gotta mm, dust mm, them mm. off and
0: show them to people, and they're like, yes, yeah, there's a danger to that, right there's a riskiness to what we do,
1: yeah, for sure
0: there's something it's a weird job, man, and everybody does it different, right you get the hedgeberg, he does it. Mitch does, did it one way. You do it a different way. Joey Diaz does it a different way. Everybody's got a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. But it's ultimately you're trying to find those points, get, find that, those perspectives, find, find, use those comedy weapons to, to pop through on these people and mm-hmm. break into their mind and get those sparks flying. What do you think separates a good comic to like the next level great comic? There's a lot of things, I think. It's really dependent upon the person but I think a lot of it is focusing on comedy and like really working on your shit and making sure you're 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 a real objective about what you're doing. Also, a lot of reps, man. Yeah. Putting reps. in a lot a lot of reps. Yeah. Reps are giant, man. Yeah. I think that's there's no no denying that. And then also uh different things that you do. One of the things that I do is I, uh, I do stand-up, I listen to that stand-up, and then I write. I, mm. I write on stage, I listen to my sets, I write off stage. And like, I mean, I write on stage and like I'll come up with ideas, I'll free ball, yeah. I take chances on stage. But then I sit down and I write right. I sit down in front of a computer for hours. Wow. And no. every now and then, I'll, I'll sit down maybe for four hours and I'll come up with like one line. But it's worth w- it. But that right. one line I would have never gotten. Yeah, and some you... of those lines like the best lines of my act came from me just sitting in front of a computer
1: Yeah, just yeah. writing just it's it's a constantly I guess the the danger and the fear Fearlessness of comics is also uh, 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 The willingness to try new shit. Yeah four pages of new shit that maybe only one line works Because mm-hmm. I know many people that I came up with that are much funnier than me naturally, I think mm. but they they're stuck in that 15 you know, they keep right. doing that 15 because they feel good. That's their drug. That's that's the 15 minutes they get to go away from their wife and have fun. Yeah. So they don't want to risk that and have a shitty night.
0: Right. They want to kill. They yeah. love that feeling of killing. Yeah. And, well, that's what I was getting at earlier. Like, one of the things about, like, you just did a special. One of the exciting things about comedy is we all become beginners after we do a special. You do oh, a yeah. special, and then you start from scratch. You're yeah. a beginner again. So, like... I know you're a great comic. I know you're really Thank funny. You. But if I see you and you're eating shit, <laughs> I'm going to laugh at you. Because oh. I know you're good. I'm like, dude, yeah. this new shit's rough, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we yeah. would be laughing. We'd be like, ah, ha, ha. It'd Man. be fun. We could laugh together at pain. I'm still insecure.
1: I'm still insecure in a way that okay, sure, I got to go write some new shit now, and and it, it it hit in a weird point. Now I can't come up with new shit because we can't go to comedy clubs. I know. Isn't that so crazy? I'm kind of stuck. We're
0: all gonna be beginners,
1: all, all of us. But I I'm still afraid that uh, even though I don't need another acting job from somebody watching me in standup, I don't need to impress a manager in the audience or another comic. There's still an insecurity like. I don't want to tank in case somebody I like is watching me for the first time. Mm,
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's where alcohol comes in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, shot a jack, hit of a joint, and just fucking let the good times roll. Woo!
1: I guess you can't think about it, because imagine that time you just walked by and saw me in the lap
0: for the first time, Mm -hmm. and
1: I just ate a dick. You know, like I, would uh, be
0: like everybody eats a dick in that lab. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's true. But I'd be like, he's eating a dick just like I have.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that ever goes away. I know
0: what you mean, but it's the, pro- the, 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 the there's a, like the thought process of like, well, you should work out your shit at the haha or at the right, ice house right, or right. at flappers, a little bit off the be- beaten path. You don't want to do it at the improv. You don't want to do it at the store. Mm-hmm. I disagree I disagree. You have to you have to you have to be taking chances. You have to swing. I've I've I take I've flopped at the store a bunch of times where I pull out a joke that I, I have like roughly in my head, but it's also preparation is important too. Like you gotta, I think uh, even when I have a new bit, like I just sometimes I'll go up with a, just a seed, mm. and sometimes I'm like, no, I need like a. Plant that I could like just dig a hole and shove that in there. I need a full plant. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but it's really dependent upon the subject matter. Like I remember when the Harvey Weinstein shit broke, I had a bit that night. I'm like right away. I'm like, oh, I know my angle. My angle is. That if Harvey Weinstein did that to my daughter, I would. I found out that I was sexist because if Harvey Weinstein did that to my daughter, I would fucking kill him. Mm -hmm. But if Harvey Weinstein (laughs) came to my son with a solid contract, I'd be like, dude, you're gonna be Batman. (laughs) Right, 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 right. (laughs) You know, and I had this whole bit that blossomed that night. Like that line, Um, dude, you're gonna be Batman. That came the first night on stage because it was like right when he was getting arrested. I was like like wow and i was like how would i feel if that was a, a woman it was like this disgusting woman that was like harvey weinstein in a dress that was trying to fuck my son i'd be like come on just do it bro yeah, yeah, I'd be yeah, like, yeah come yeah. on yeah. Do, do you think working in a coal mine's fun huh you gotta do what you gotta do to get by in this world yeah come on pussy and th- and that that bit became a bit like it blossomed on stage i just had a seed i just had an idea that's the
1: best feeling it's That's amazing.
0: like you're freestyling,
1: you freestyling. It's know? amazing
0: because it was like hours after he was arrested, it was like wow. hours after it went down. Yeah, and uh, it just it just it just popped, and then it became a bit that I wrote and I worked on it and I, I you know I honed it on stage, but that bit was just that bit was just a seed. But then mm. there's other bits that like they took a lot of real thinking and like oh this is like these are mind filled. T- terrain. Yeah, that I'm, yeah, I'm going through here. I got to make sure I make sure that I really I Dot all my eyes and cross all my T's when I'm talking about this because this is a controversial subject I want I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I'm saying here. Right, right, know? right, right, right Yeah,
1: that, that, that's also the tough part the message that you're sending because that's beyond just being funny Oh, yeah, so you got to be responsible at that point and yeah, really hard.
0: Yeah, you want to like say if you're doing a joke and some in the joke, you reference gay people. You want like if there's a gay couple in the audience, you want those folks to know you love them. Like I don't have any zero animosity to anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I love gay people, I love straight people. I love everybody, but I'm gonna make fun of you. Yeah, I'm gonna make fun of something. That I see that something that gay people do, but I want you to know there's got to be a way that I I want you to know before I do this. This is not homophobic. Yeah, yeah. Like if I'm saying this, I'm saying this just because it's funny. We're all funny,
1: mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I have to
0: figure out a way to navigate those waters. Do you? I, I guess what I try to do now, especially with the landscape of
1: the stand up comedy specials I see, the one the, the the one that really pop in. I like it, where a lot of it, like Hasan Minaj's or uh, Hannah Gatsby's, not funny in that sense, Hannah Gatsby's per se, right? Like a lot of comics, it's not funny. It's
0: like a TED Talk.
1: Yeah, but I think there, there's a point to that. I think that's cool. That actually gets a message across. So I always try to, her thing is probably like maybe 50% tech Talk and then 50% comedy, mm-hmm. if, if that. I try to do like 80% comedy and then maybe 20%, I'm just telling a story that's a bit... You know like I have a a story where I almost got deported a couple of times, you know, uh, uh, when I was being an idiot. Uh, it's not not <laughs> it's not that funny, but right. uh, uh there was some kind of a point to it. Right. But you're like a pure comic. You're like 100% stand up. Do you like that one man show stuff? Cuz I always I, I I've, I've trouble to see like, eh,
0: am I am I kind of being a sellout here by doing that, you know? No, I don't think it's being a sellout. Look, People obviously like Hannah Gatsby. Like I had this mm-hmm. conversation with comics about it. Like I thought it was weird when they were trying to say that she's redefining comedy or uncomedying comedy. Like mm-hmm. no, you're mm-hmm. no you're not. Mm-hmm. No you're not. No you're not. This is what you're doing. You're doing your thing. Your thing's like people are enjoying It's resonating. Thing. It's yes. huge. Yeah. So her thing people are enjoying. It doesn't unvalidate in or make or invalidate Don L. Williams. Yeah. Or Don L. Rollins yeah. rather. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or um yeah. or uh Harlan Williams, I was gonna say, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, who's like totally silly. You know, Harlan Williams is just completely silly. Or uh, Donnell's just wild and loud and like, that's great too.
2: Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm.
0: you know, good, good thing, Joey Diaz. It's like, it's not invalidating Joey Diaz. It's not invalidating people that also do a different thing that people love as well. Mm-hmm. It's just you're doing something where you're talking about your, like, Hannah Gatsby's talking about her own pain, right? she's talking about her own issues mm-hmm. she's talking about her own life and it resonates because it's honest and it's real it doesn't have to be funny the people that enjoy it maybe they don't want to just see stand-up right they want to see something they want to see something interesting
2: mm-hmm.
0: but if you go see don l wrongs he's, he's just going wild he's having fun yeah like that's comedy yeah it's wild comedy yeah. that's okay too yeah all things are okay Al yeah. Madrigal's okay. Everything's okay.
1: Right. It's like different
0: genres yeah. of movie. Right, but people will wanna... get weird. You know, it's they like... do. They, they get hateful yeah, about it. Yeah, they get yeah. angry. Like, you know, I only like blues music. This rock and roll yeah. is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it's like, right? That is that is what it is. Yeah. Like I've said I've heard people say that about Harlan Williams. It's one of the reasons why I brought up Harlan. It's like, he's so silly. And if you saw Harlan on paper, you'd be like, what is that? Hey there, butternut flapjack. Peachy pie. Yeah, if me and you would have done a set, it would not work. I would eat shit every time and I'd quit comedy. (laughs) But Harlan, there's something about his delivery and that's what he really thinks is funny. And it's like, you can't tell me it's not funny. I watch him kill. Oh, he's amazing. Amazing, right? So like, that's his way. And then, you know, you've got John Mulaney. That's his. He's got a different way. It's also very good. Yeah. And then you've got Anthony Jeselnik, who's just mean with great writing. <laughs> right. But it's also very good. It's his way. Yeah. There's a bunch of different ways to do this thing. And for one person to decide, like, oh, Hannah Gadsby's real comedy. Comedy's dead. She just killed comedy. Like, you don't know comedy, and you should just shut the fuck up. Right. Because you, what you're saying is nonsense. That's like saying rap music killed Beethoven. It's mm-hmm. dumb. What mm-hmm. you're saying is dumb.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That That's great. That's...
0: That's all fucking comedy or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, it's comedy till it's not comedy. You know, it's, it's, it's comedy until you decide to tell a story that's not funny, but it's also interesting. Yeah. Even
1: within stand-up itself, there's so many different genres. There's no wrong 100%. way. To, I love that. Yeah.
0: yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I always loved about Hedberg is that, like, it's so absurd And it's not my style of comedy, but it's so silly Mm -hmm. and absurd. Or Stephen Wright, same thing. Just non sequitur after non sequitur, bizarre, weird. I used to work at a fire hydrant factory. Couldn't park anywhere near the place. Like that that kind of comedy. Like it's not, not. I would never write a joke like that. But yeah. with him, with his bizarre look and his bizarre style of murders. You
1: know, I, I didn't know about stand-up comedy uh, when I was growing up. Never heard of it. Really? Because I grew up in Hong Kong. What we was didn't... the first stand-up you saw? B T Comic View. Wow! When I was 13. Which one? Who was hosting? 14, I think it was J. Anthony Brown that year. Or Bruce Bruce around then. Mm-hmm. It was so interesting to me because this wasn't even an art form that existed in my childhood. In Hong Kong. I'm sure there were some stand-ups. But you but never heard of it? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. And then I came to America and I was trying to learn English just by watching TV. And then it seems like just completely different genres in this new art form. It's like I heard music for the first time. And I was like, holy shit, there's rock and roll music and there's, you know, hip-hop. So it was so interesting because I remember I really gravitated towards uh, Comic View. Uh, that was so interesting um, because it wasn't just jokes or uh me trying to learn english it was me also trying to like learning about culture Mm. how each race saw each other blah blah even though there were stereotypes you know that they're joking about but it was cool whereas i watched that comedy central premium blend didn't really laugh (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why like so i always (sighs) gravitated towards urban comedy you know and 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 uh well they're
0: having more fun yeah exactly
1: but then because i was watching the performance of it it's it's like there's hip-hop fans that uh, like a song because of the beat, and then there's hip-hop fans that don't care about the beat and only listen to the lyrics. Mm. I was more like the beat guy, you know, and I just loved that side of performance. And then only later on when I got into comedy, I was like, oh, wow, everyone that's doing that premium blend stuff, maybe, maybe not my cup of tea, but it made me laugh, like, uh, as an adult because I understood how hard that was.
0: Mm. mm. Yeah. Uh, I found out about comedy from uh, my parents took me to see Richard Pryor live at the Sunset Strip when I was 15, mm. in the movie theater, watching Richard Pryor on stage, going, "This is crazy!" Yeah. I couldn't believe how funny he was. Like I'd seen all these funny movies, but to watch this guy just talking on stage, I was fascinated.
1: He's one of those guys. When you watch, you're like, "I can do that," because he's just talking. He just... There's, did he write this? <laughs> but there's so much insane talent. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan makes basketball look easy. But I mean, I guess you sort kn- of, you, you, know know you, can't can't, you know, you can't, you know, you can't
0: dunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so many different ways you can get introduced to comedy. It's, it's, I love hearing like when people like when the seed get planted in people's heads, like yeah. when did you know that you were going to try to do this? People ask me that question, and, and, and I hear like great
1: stories, like the Richard Pryor story. Or like, it's like, me and my brother used to sneak in a movie theater watch Eddie Murphy live. After he had a heart attack, I promise I'll be a comedian. Like, really? <laughs> you know, um, amazing. I don't have that. I, was, I think it was a desperation that made me want to do comedy.
0: Desperation.
1: I, I never thought that was um, even a thing, right? Like Because you don't go into arts when you're Asian. That's not a real job. You know, uh, so is it
0: because your family would discourage it?
1: Yeah, 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 and and also nobody in my family did it in the arts. Like anybody that made money was in finance, whatever, mm-hmm. real jobs, quote unquote. You know, um, so I I was just I was about to graduate college with an economics degree, and I hated the internship I had in finance and shit, and I just saw my life flash in front of me. I'm like, oh my god, for the next forty years, I'm behind this desk fucking mutual funds who cares you know uh so i just tried i had like a quarter life crisis right when i was about to graduate i was like i gotta do something to meet new friends to meet girls to whatever so then i I took jujitsu classes for like two months horrible i was (laughs) i was the smallest guy and the weakest guy in the class they would team me up with the girls and they would twist me up like a pretzel it was (laughs) very discouraging i quit after like two months if that um uh, and then i tried like Different things like boxing classes uh, gyms uh, whatever you know and then I, I say the story I, I, I wrote this book and, and and I say in the book like typing in local open mics in your Google search it's one step away from typing in what's the best way to kill myself <laughs> it is that desperation that you need that I need it so and then I just Google local open mics went to the haha Paid $5. You have to pay $5 for five minutes of stage time The haha. So five other uh, comics can n- not laugh at you. It was, you know, horrific. But that still felt better than me sitting at home making no friends. Because I saw a camaraderie. I was like, if I'm good, I can make some friends. Like, here in the open mic. And there's a new world out. There's an out for me. Mm. So soon after, I think I quit that finance, you know, internship. Very promising internship. And I just try to do stand-up. You know, I did everything. I worked the door I uh, uh, at the Comedy Palace in San Diego, this Greek restaurant that would turn into a comedy club at night. Mm. I worked the door, folded envelopes, did everything. If they let me sleep there, I would have slept there, answered the phones and everything. I just dove into it, not just for the love of comedy and the arts, but for the love of this new life, this new fraternity that I found.
0: Oh. You know? That's awesome.
1: So, So a lot of it, it was an improvement on my life that was that interested me in in stand-up and through stand-up i got laid for the first time you know what i mean <laughs> so like it worked out for me um and i kind of had a, a a crisis where okay uh i'm doing fine you know i have a lot of friends now i have uh, 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 you know i go on dates like it's fine like my life is fine and i started making money on silicon valley you know so I, I stopped doing stand-up. I was like, I, I don't really need this, you know. But, but then after a while, like, I wasn't getting depressed either. So it was a really good feeling because it wasn't a, 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 a crutch. It wasn't an addiction I needed to feed. And then eventually I did stand-up, finally, I think, for the love of it. I was like, you know what? I do miss this. I'm going to go do it on my own terms, not just because I'm trying to make friends mm. and trying to pull girls. I'm doing it because I enjoy the process of it. So let's fucking do it. And, and that's the recent, I guess, resurgent of energy. How much time did you take off? To Oh, oh uh, from stand-up, I, on and off like uh, a year or two. When wow. I, a couple seasons during Silicon Valley, um, I would do stand-up maybe at max. I would just go down to Comedy Magic Club once every two months just so I can, have, you know, talk to some friends or something. But just just I wasn't to do
0: it, it yeah. and dust it off. And-
1: yeah, but it was stuck in that same old material, wasn't yeah. feeling it. Um, and the reason for this special really was I, I, I kind of got pissed. I was, because everybody that was coming up to me in the streets like, yo, Jing Yang, Silicon Valley, whatever. And uh, there's some YouTube clips people watching me doing. I was like, oh, I didn't know this motherfucker can do stand-up. You know, and blah. I'm like, man, I am a stand-up. I started as a stand-up. I think I'm a better stand-up than I am an actor, you know? So let me prove to the world I'm not just like a vine guy or an actor trying to do stand-up. Mm. I am an actor who used to be a stand-up, and that is my fucking forte.
0: That's awesome. I had a similar thing when I was on news radio. I kind of stopped writing for a while, like uh, a couple years. I was just... Doing the same old material, Mm. just phoning it in. Yeah, yeah. Because when you're making money, you're doing like it's it's hard. Mm -hmm. You got to find a new motivation. And then I had some people come to see me, and I bombed one night at the comedy store. Then I I woke up. I was like, I gotta get back to work. Like I'm slack. I'm just doing the same old shit. I knew the material was stale. Yeah, it was flat. I didn't Mm -hmm. have any connection to it. I was just saying it because like I was using it like a tool, like a screwdriver. You know, wasn't there was no like people understand. They, they feel what's going on in your head when you're talking about things. And if you're not totally tuned into what you're saying, they don't want to hear it.
1: Yes, yes. It, it's, it's, I think stand-ups can all be great actors, and we all have the, a base for that. Because one of the magic tricks in stand-up is you told that joke a thousand times, but you got to make it sound like it's the first time. Yeah. And if you're just mailing it in and you're just telling it as if you're reading a script in your head, it's like watching bad acting on TV. Mm-hmm. If the guy ain't feeling it, you're not going to be feeling it.
0: Yeah, yeah. This I always describe it as mass hypnosis. Mm. That it's like there's a vibe that you're you're putting out. You're 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 hitting a frequency, and the audience. If the words are well worked, if you you have a good economy of words, the things you're saying resonate. It all makes sense. You have confidence. You have focus. All these things are correct. Your delivery is comfortable. It makes people feel good. They just let you think. Like, Mm-mm. go, Jimmy, think for me. I want to hear what you have to say. And they let you and they don't they're not judging, they're just like letting you take them for a ride. Yeah. And it's kind of a like when someone's really killing, when you're watching someone on stage killing, your eyes are open, your jaws open, you're like, ah you're just going along with it. You're yeah. going along with whatever they're saying. You know? It's uh you know, Owen Smith. Owen Smith's killing. Like uh-huh. I think the way he's thinking. Like, I'm allowing him to lead my mind.
1: You can't wait till you hear his next stop. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You're not, like, going, I would have said this, or he's, well, I'm bored with what he's saying. No, no, you're letting, if someone's got a well-crafted act, but that's the thing is, like, creating that act, like, boy, you're going to have some weird hiccups when you put it together. When you got new shit, and it's clunky, and it's awkward, and maybe you go down a road that you don't want to go down, you're like, i got to get out of this bit. You don't know how. And one bad new joke in
1: uh, an hour set. Like, if you just have one bad new joke 20 minutes in, you need the next 10 minutes to prove your worth again. Yeah. Because they're like,
0: ah, this guy, I don't know. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And you got to be real careful if you want to open up with a new joke. Woo! They say never do that. I mean, uh, some I people don't, say. I don't agree with that. Mm. I don't think there's any never do that. Right, right, right. I don't right, think right, there's right, any never right. do that. Other than, you know... I mean there's definitely a few never do that but but if you got an idea and you know it's fire yeah you know it's going to crack you're like, yeah. just let me just run this on stage. I'm just go- I know I got a real bit I can do if this doesn't work. Yeah. Like, have a nice segue into a real bit. Right, right, right. If In yeah. case this tanks, I'm just going to cut it in half and then go into my old bit. But when some shit just happened like three hours ago and you go on stage, there's a certain energy to that, too, where the audience is like, this fucking guy has no idea if this is any good.
2: Mm, mm, like, mm. you just,
0: you're you have a hot take on something that just happened a few hours ago. There's energy to that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And some some things that you know it's an old joke that you've done, say, for two years, and and you're like, man, this killed... What happened? Yeah, you like, lost the energy. Why is it not... And then you try to force some energy into it. Mm, still, it, no. it's not there. It's, no. Because to you, it's fresh, and maybe there's an amazing actor, or you can put some acting skill into that to pretend, but it's still not there. You have to
0: really be interested in what you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 You
0: can't fake that. No, it's... Comedy it's the, the it's a weird thing going on that's not defined between us and the audience. It's very weird Yeah,
1: yeah and sometimes even you think you're saying it with energy and with that same rigor mm-hmm. and You watch yourself on tape. You're like no, I'm just going through the motions and reading lines in yep. my head. Yep Yeah, same thing with acting you don't want to do too many
0: takes. Oh, yeah You know when you really tell when you're high you go to the movies when you're high you go this guy's phoning it in yeah you can see it there's like sometimes you go to the movies and you're high and it's just like seamless you just go on this little journey you believe every word yeah and every now and then someone will pop out like look at this motherfucker acting <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <sighs> I never forget. I went to see the Hulk with Eric Bana. Remember that guy? He was one yeah, of the yeah. many Hulks. There's this one clunky scene. Uh, maybe they did it too many times or whatever. I'm like, ew, acting. Because I was barbecued. And I'm in the, <laughs> I'm in the audience watching this. And I was like, this is so acting. Like I'll never, never yeah. forget in that moment. I'm like, this guy's act this is fake. So there's uh, the Space Force
1: show uh, that I just did. Um, how is that? Great. I mean, it's on Netflix, right? It's Netflix. It's Steve Carell, John Malkovich greg daniels i mean that's a great fucking fucking cast right there. dream come true yeah if you want to wow. talk. and and it's interesting because sometimes um if you're kind of unprepared you go do a scene and you don't have your lines memorized somehow you pull it off because it's fresh as it's as if you're saying the line but sometimes when you rehearse i remember just one scene in this one episode uh i don't think I don't think other people would know. Like, people aren't actors. Like, but I watch it myself because I remember the day when I was doing that scene. I was like, "Oh, I'm killing it! I'm riffing! I'm like, you know, you know, me and the girl that I'm tawny that I'm doing the scene with. We're just going back and forth. This feels good. It's like a little boxing match." But then when I watched it, I was like, "Damn, seems a little rehearsed." Because I think I rehearsed in my mind. Mm. I know she's going to say this. I'm going to say this. Even though it felt good, it felt like it flowed. It lost a little bit of that uh natural singing for the first time Mm. and and uh that was tough for me to watch that myself and i don't even want to say which scene it is because i don't think people could tell right but i could
0: and and it kind of kills me that makes sense like you know well also like you know what you're going to say there's no surprise when someone is watching the scene, there's all this surprise to it, because like they're kind of, it's like watching a magic trick. Mm-hmm. Like, where's his hands? I don't even know what he did. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you're you're talking and they don't they don't have any idea where you're going and they just follow along. You know everything you're going to say before you say it, so you watch. Yeah. The, the weirdness. And I know to what it. she's gonna say. Yeah. When you know everything, I mean, a
1: really great actor, you're supposed to know everything, everything, and then you use your skills to pretend you, you've heard it for the first time mm. right which is a stand-up yeah also real uh, and 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 sometimes you forget that you just like yeah it feels good but it's not it's practice it looks like
0: practice did your family give you a hard time about wanting to do stand-up
1: yeah dude uh yeah. there's uh, quite the story there um <laughs> it's a feel good story let me preface with that so uh yeah um my dad was in finance he hooked me up with that finance job and when i was like i don't know i I just don't want to do this he's like what do you have another job i was like no i'm gonna give this stand-up thing a try and this was like a year or two in obviously i wasn't making any money um so he was very disappointed he was hoping it was just a phase you know he doesn't even know what stand-up was old chinese guy He just like a talk show like he just keeps calling a talk show still till today a talk show um Just never got it. So I was finishing my last year of school in San Diego. I got just random jobs. I worked at a used car lot during the day. I worked at that comedy palace collecting tickets and trade for like stage time uh, in the evening. After that, I'll go put another shift as a DJ at a strip club. Just so I was like trying different things, you know, and I didn't want to lock myself into something. And then eventually the acting starting to do a little better, you know, um, Uh, My first job was two broke girls at two lines, you know, and I was so proud. I was so proud of myself. I was finally making some money. I called my dad. I was like, dad, you know, um, why don't you, uh, you know, watch uh, CBS tonight? You know, I'm going to be on there and stuff. He was like, I don't, I don't have CBS. I was like, "Who who doesn't fucking have CBS? It's a, you stick a piece of tinfoil in the back of your TV, you get CBS. So he was just really not down. Right. And then eventually when I got on Silicon Valley, The old man understands what a contract is, a serious regular job on HBO. He's acting. He got it. Mm -hmm. So he was finally happy. I was financially secure. So instead of ever giving it up and say, like, hey, Jimmy, um, good job. I'm proud of you. Maybe I was wrong. Good for you. You know what he said? He was like, oh, if it's so easy, you can do it. I can probably do it. And he started becoming an actor. I was like, (laughs) I was like. Okay, dad, you know what? If you think it's so easy. Dude, I was like, dad, if you think it's so easy. I was with a very small agency at the time. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, uh, sign you up with her. See if she needs an older Asian guy. Because there's not a lot of older Asian guys out there competing. So she signed him. And then I was like, good, good, good. Now you're going to go to auditions and understand how fucking hard my life is. All the rejections I face, all the nerves I got to deal with. But then the plane completely backfired because he went to those auditions and killed it. <laughs> he booked like his first six out of ten jobs, which is like an unheard of ratio. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'd be lucky to book like five percent of your jobs, but he was killing it. A lot of like non-union gigs. He even got on this show. Uh, 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 I talk about this a little bit in my stand-up. He even, talk, he, he even got on the show that shot in San Francisco as a Chinese show. We thought it was no big deal, low-budget Chinese show. Became the biggest show in China. Became like the fucking modern family of China. And then my aunt from Shanghai would call the house. And be like, Richard, you're such a good actor. Your son must have taken after you. I was like, what the fuck? Ah! Right? <laughs> but... Now I've accepted it. That's who he is. I'm happy that me and my dad's in the same business in a way. That's crazy. And it's a fun story to tell people, right? So I was jokingly saying that story to John Malkovich, Ben Schwartz on you know Space Force. Everybody gets a kick out of this little story. Episode nine of Space Force comes around. We're doing a table read. And uh, it's a China versus America thing in this episode. And you ne- they needed a couple older Chinese scientists that are authentic Mandarin speaking Chinese people. After the table, read, Greg Daniels, the showrunner, he's like, mm, you know, I, just, I don't know. It's always the same guys, you know, just whatever. And John Malkovich was the one that said, hey, what about Jimmy's dad? Have you thought about Jimmy's dad? And I I didn't have thick enough skin to volunteer my dad. And then, and then that night I went home. I cut together an acting reel for my dad and I sent it to Greg. All I said was like, Greg, maybe... Give the old man a chance. He's got a good look. I think he fits this older scientist in China. Just let him come in and audition. But I guess Greg was so impressed with the uh tape, he just hired him. Wow. Episode 9 of Space Force. My dad is in it. He He's great. He comes in, <laughs> no fear, and the scene is toe-to-toe with John Malkovich.
0: Wow. And how long has he been acting? I mean...
1: Two years, if Two that. Two years. Never taken no classes. That's so
2: crazy. Yeah.
1: Wow. I I practiced with him uh, uh, on on Skype, you know, for that scene, you know, because I was like, that don't make me look bad, don't fuck this up, make sure you remember your lines, right? <laughs> and then he he was um he was practicing. He's like, can you screen grab me, record me, so I can see my own performance, you know? And actors were all very self conscious. I I hate to watch myself, so I recorded him. I sent him that uh, tape. And then he he looked at it. He was just like, wow, I'm really good. (laughs) Look at me. Like, I'm, like, listening to every. I'm good at this. I was like, sure, go. Go for it. But it's that blind sense of confidence and also the fact that he never thought to be an actor. So there's no fear. Yeah. I was nervous as hell my first day with John Malkovich and Steve Carell. My dad came in with just chilling.
0: That's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny that it totally backfired.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But now, now, now it's fine. It's a fun father and son story. And That's a great story. It's so funny that he saw you doing it. He's like, I can do that. You know, he's and that, he, he could do he's it. He's a talented guy. You know, he well, he wants to do stand up now. Really? I he was like, how oh, old is he? He's seventy something, seventy two, three. Wow. And he was like, well, Jimmy, you think I can do some stand up? I was like, sure. Just go sign up for an open mic at the Laugh Factory. Sure, I'll put your name in the hat. How about that? He was like, oh no, 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 no. I'm not doing open mics. Can I do some theater or something? I was like, that, no. That's theater. Is. Yeah, he was like, no, I'm not doing it in front of five people. I need to do it. If I do it, I need like 500 people.
0: Oh my God.
1: I was like, that. that's not how it works.
0: But who knows? Maybe when he does it in front of 500 people, he fucking kills. What if your dad gets a fucking Netflix special next year? What if your dad just starts murdering and puts together some whole routine? Can you imagine how crazy that would be? If your dad's just a murderer, just up th- on stage crushing, punchline,
1: bang, bang, bang. I want to say I would be happy for him, but there's probably a part of me that's like, oh, God. So <laughs> just. But how he, could it not be? He's always been the funny one in the family, though. He's always a ball buster and everything. So really? It kind of came naturally to him. Yeah. Wow, there he is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I
1: don't know if you can find that uh, Space Force scene. Uh, wow. In episode nine, um, but completely fearless, very natural. Has he written stand-up? Does he have any ideas of stuff he would talk about? You know what? I should have him write a set to see what the materials would be. You yeah. Know?
2: Hmm.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I that I got offended. The acting stuff cuz I cuz I always felt like I snuck into acting. I wasn't trained at Juilliard or whatever, right? So, uh, uh, that was so it's kind of like a similar path. He snuck into acting. I snuck into acting, whatever. Right. But the stand-up thing kind of offended me. You know, I'm like, I fucking put in 10 years, dude. Yeah. You can't just go do a goddamn theater. What
2: if he does? <sighs>
1: <laughs> he I mean, maybe he can open for me one day or my next
0: special. That would be fun. If you have him open, it would be interesting. Yeah. cuz that's a rough spot anyway. Even for a, a regular comic, you got to warm everybody up for a few minutes before they start rolling.
1: Yeah, but if I introduce him as like my dad,
0: that would help. And people heard the
1: story on the show, mm-hmm. right? Or or in my stand up, then people would love it. Yeah. But you've seen you've seen like a viner or like a youtuber trying to do stand up. Mm-hmm. The 5 minutes the crowd is Crazy because yeah. they love this person and they're laughing But then it's hard to keep that momentum
0: going if you actually yeah. don't have the goods
1: That's what they say
0: about famous people doing stand-up in particular Like you get a couple of minutes where they're happy to see you hmm and then mm-hmm. after a while I'm like oh this guy's fucking terrible that happened to me when I first
1: Transitioned from just a unknown stand-up to the guy from Silicon Valley doing mm. stand-up uh, I Remember the first couple of minutes were like so hot I couldn't follow my own hype kind of, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and it's interesting because my character on Silicon Valley, he's like, he has an accent, he's an immigrant, you know, uh, like we were talking about earlier. So a lot of people for a while coming up to me in the streets when they didn't know I was a stand-up, they didn't know I acted beyond that show. They were like, oh shit, are you Jing Yang from that show? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks for watching. And then they're just like, oh shit, I did not know you speak English in real life. <laughs> so imagine the standup crowd seeing that. They have to oh. get over that first. They're like, oh, shit, this, this motherfucker speaking English? <laughs> so that takes two minutes of awe. And then, and then they start to accept me as a, as a stand-up. Do you address that right away? I, I say this, uh, uh, yes, in my special yeah. um, uh, sometimes. Um, and people laugh because it's true. That, that's what they think when they see me or when they saw me. This was years ago. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, it that, that would be really hilarious if your dad became a killer comic. I should train him. Oh, fuck
1: yeah. I should. Help him write bits. We thought about doing like, not a reality show, but like a little adventure show with me and my dad. And I take him to try to find an agent, go to auditions and like uh, 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 bring him to the comedy store to get advice from you guys so, so he can be a comic. Maybe I should, I should go ahead with that. I don't know. I was Tony
0: Hinchcliffe's it. mom went on stage at Kill Tony one night. He wrote bits for her and he taught her how to do it. And she fucking murdered. Really? Murdered. His mom's hilarious. Just natural, no stage she's, fear. She's, you know, she's a woman who's had a long life and she's experienced a lot of shit and and uh Tony wrote stuff for her and everybody was happy to see her and she went up there and fucking killed. What do you think she did, Jamie? About 4 minutes, 5 minutes? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot for the first time. T- dude, she fucking killed. Really? I mean, she fucking killed. I mean, killed. Like I was laughing like, "Bah!" I think Dom Herrero was with me on the stage. I think he he was I think it was Dom. He was laughing. We were all laughing hard. Like she was like Tony wrote the bits, which helped a lot. Obviously he's a great uh-huh, writer, uh-huh. but she was delivering them like a killer. It was I w- I funny. would
1: I would not write for my dad. I want him to eat shit a couple of times. <laughs> you ha- you have to get somebody to respect your craft, man. Right, because he doesn't respect acting. Yeah, yeah you know. Or oh, not that he doesn't respect, he just thinks it's a little he's, easy. He's a genius. <laughs> you know I, don't know, I don't know if it's a lack of respect for the arts or is it uh, uh, overconfident in his own ability. But is it overconfident if he pulled it off? And so much about acting is it is confidence. Yeah. You know, so not being not shaken, over. being yourself. It's... I he guess, has the
0: correct amount of confidence. It is a correct... <laughs>
1: Dude, it, he's so relaxed. I have a video I got to find on my phone and show you. Um, so it's in the hallway between setups. Me and Malkovich is running lines and I'm I'm nervous, you know, and Malkovich works hard. Like at his level, he still works hard. He's amazing. We're running lines, you know, in between takes. The camera pans, pans, a bunch of empty chairs and, and it pans to my dad and an actor chair fell asleep. Just dead asleep. <laughs>
0: So relaxed, <laughs> chilling. <laughs> and he's about to work with John Malkovich. That's hilarious. No nerves. Wow. Yeah. Does he know who John Malkovich is? He, he does,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Wow.
0: And he still didn't give a fuck.
1: No, I think maybe it comes with age. Mm, yeah. You know, when you're 70 something, you kind of. You've seen so much. He is such a fanboy. Like, he loves taking selfies with people. It's very. Really? At first, it started off with just. Uh, like uh, Crazy Rich Asians or like Patriot's Day, this movie I did with Wahlberg, you know, um, in the premiere, I'll take him to the premiere of my parents and just to kind of finally get their approval, you know, and mm-hmm. and he gets it. He gives it up. He was like very emotional, you know, after Crazy Rich Asians and all that. Uh, but his his goal is not to celebrate with a son there. His goal is to get selfies <laughs> in the after party. You know, those Chinese Groman theaters premieres, you know, at the Chinese theater. There he is. Right there, Mark Wahlberg, it's and hilarious. and he just t- keep doing selfies, and and like I was sitting at a table, and then Mark has his table and his boys and his security, and then my dad just leaned over to me and was like, "Hey, you think uh, you think we can go get a picture with Mark?" I was like, "No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to ask him, because I have fought so hard to not ask for pictures with people I work with. I want a picture with Mark, I want a picture of Malkovich, but at the same time, I want to just be a colleague." I don't right. want to be a fan. Of course. Yeah. But then my dad forces me to do that. He's like, come on, just go, just go ask him.
0: I bet Wahlberg's used to that, though. He probably just... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If I ask,
1: I think it's still kind of lame. But if it's like, hey, Mark, my parents are big fans. Can they get a picture? Yeah, And they're just cute, fine. old Chinese people. Yeah. So that was... <laughs> everybody kind of gets a kick out of him. He played my dad in Patriots Day. Really? He has a very small scene. Um, it's a, that's an interesting... That's how he got his SAG card.
0: Yeah. Really? that's hilarious
1: talk about nepotism in
0: Hollywood huh? Yeah, that is nepotism that's how it works
1: well but you know what I was actively trying to improve that movie because the movie was very serious it's about the Boston Marathon bombing mm-hmm. and I was playing a based on real life uh, Chinese person uh, you know very uh, detailed stuff like he speaks with a Chinese accent but it's a Sichuan Chinese accent where he mixes his L's and uh I forget I forget what it was, but I studied it for a long time. It's not just a generic Chinese accent, right? And then his parents, of course, uh speaks the Sichuan dialect, or at least just a very proper Mandarin. And the actor they first hired to play my dad, it's just a Skype scene, very simple. The actor they first hired to play my dad spoke Mandarin with a Cantonese accent. Uh. So I went up to Pete Burke, the director. I was like, Pete man, I I I gotta say something, man the whole point of this movie is honoring these heroes and be authentic. And this guy, you guys might not be able to tell. I know, and the Chinese audience will know, this guy's from Hong Kong or from Guangdong or something. He's not from Sichuan or mainland China, you know. So he's like, yeah, sure, We'll, we'll, we'll find another guy. Uh, and then I was like, Yeah, I was sitting with you on some auditions and stuff if you want. on. He was like, Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, we're already shooting in Boston. It might take a long time. I was like, Pete, why don't you just hire my dad? Mm. And that was it. They hired my dad.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. But it's it's for the art, it's for the authenticity. Dude, I'm not so secretly hoping your dad kills. <laughs> I was just thinking it'd be the best story. I want to have you back on after your dad has just murdered a few times on stage. And you're like, what the fuck? Oh my god. If he if he comes on this
1: podcast and everything, yeah. he'll be a huge star. I, I don't know if I can handle that. Cause right now it's very much like I'm hooking him up. I'm still the star. You know, he's just yes. my dad. But what if I'm starting known as Richard's son, like and oh, acting? That no. would be
0: that would be kind of rough. That's gonna be hard. That's <laughs> He's gonna have to really do something special to pull that off. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I mean, he have his own Hannah Gadsby esque special.
1: I mean, and just only talk shit about me in the special. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if, like, you and Tony or whoever, a bunch of great writers and great comedians, start plotting against me <laughs> for his
0: success. You know, and write for him and yeah. help him. And do oh a, my God! Come up with strategies for how to how to kill oh my god he loves it man that's great though that's so cool it's a good father and son bonding what did your dad used to do for a living what was his
1: he was uh uh always like a really successful salesman he had his own medical
0: device company that he sold and salesman yes that's a thing where you have to have personality and you have to know how to read a room yeah like we were talking about Alcoholics Anonymous is like a good gateway into comedy. I think maybe salesman might be too. And then when he came to America, he became a financial advisor. So that's people to people. Mm. You gotta give
1: presentations. Yeah. So he was always a great public speaker, and I think I took after him. I never really had much stage fright. So that uh, that he's he's a natural. And you
0: say bust balls, so he's always joking around.
1: He's the funny one in the family table.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. I think he's gonna kill. Richard. <laughs> Aye, aye, aye. i hope he does i really do yeah well you gotta hope he does maybe he we'll would do a two-man show Look, for netflix bro the odds of him being better than you are very slim <laughs> let's just be honest but don't you just want him to do well wouldn't it be great i do
1: i really do i yeah. i think it's really i joke about the jealousy i really don't care he's an old man let him live his bucket list and <laughs> act with john malkovich <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm just being good son trying to hook my dad up now.
0: Oh, man. I can't wait to see how this plays out. When is he going to do stand-up? Do you have a, a timeline? Was he going to try it? when When no. the clubs get back open again? Well, I think once I told him he can't just
1: do theaters, he kind of right. w- w- became disinterested. He, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to
0: do open mics. But you got to. Or maybe he doesn't got to. Mm. I mean, it depends on how how much of a perspective he has. If he has, like, Real takes on things that he could just go on stage with Yeah, you never know man but, Well here's the thing if he goes on stage without the context
1: of this is Jimmy's dad And he's just an old man doing a set. I I, I, I don't know just that's a, that's a long road But if I bring him up and he's my dad I think
0: people would just kind of eat it up give him a little more slack Maybe but that might help you accept the fact that he kills What if he goes on stage without any recognition of you whatsoever? Mm -hmm, He just... mm -hmm. Just someone introduces him, he goes on stage and just fucking murders. That would be hard to take. That would be hard. Yeah, because if you bring him up and you you give him a little training wheels and you push him, you give him a little boost. Ready? Go! It's like exactly what I was saying, how you can't
1: immediately be good in stand-up. You need to put in that five, ten years. But if he's just good... (laughs) Yeah, I would question myself. Like, I would be like, "Well, fuck, I must please be
0: Please tell me when he's gonna do it. Please. Okay, we're gonna tell me when he's gonna do, gonna it, do it, and I want to go. I want to go watch. <laughs> don't
1: encourage him.
0: <laughs> I don't want just people showing up. I wanna. If please do it in town, please do it in L.A. But oh, I, if fuck. I was an older guy, though, I'd be really worried about COVID. You know? Yeah. So like, it's gonna be a while before he's probably willing to go to a comedy club or something, right?
1: Yeah, and and yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, I try to see him every week, so I, I, I'm like very careful, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I don't want to kill him, right. you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see. Maybe he'll do one of those virtual
0: Zoom <laughs> rooms. Mm, don't <laughs> don't have him do that. That's setting him up the wrong way.
1: Yeah. You know what? I should I should completely let go of my ego and write for him. Yes. Or should I not do that? Should I see how good he is without? Mm.
0: You gotta see how good he is first. Let him do it first. Yeah. Don't warn him. Just let him do it. Has he been to a live performance by you? Yes. How many Um, many shows has he seen live? I think only one or two uh, because
1: he's disinterested in (laughs) stand-up. It's not not his thing. He gets movies. He gets TV. He doesn't get stand-up. And one time I was doing a Brad Garrett's club in uh, Vegas. MGM. I was like, Oh, Chinese people understand Vegas. I'm going to hook them up with a nice room. I was, I think, opening or middling. It was years ago. I was like, finally, they're going to see me in MGM because they know that's a nice place, going to comedy club. I, I crushed it that night. I could set. And, you know, afterwards, you, you and the headliner and everyone's out there shaking hands, meeting people. My parents walked out, right? My, my mom's all smiles. She's very just positive, you know, general. Um. um and then my dad walked out, and then my 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 buddy Jack was next to me. Uh, he he was the middle. I was the opener. Yeah, my buddy Jack Cohen, uh, older comic. Um, he he went up to my dad. He was like, "Oh my god, hey Richard, aren't you so proud of your son? He's so good, right?" And then my dad just looked at me in front of the entire audience of everyone else shaking hands. He's like, "No, Jimmy's not funny." <sighs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and and. I don't know if he was years later he said that was a joke because because uh it's not he said this he said it's not funny if i tell you uh uh you're funny but it's funny if i tell you it's not funny there's a story there i was like "Eh, yeah but yeah you're my dad though i mean come on (laughs) like you're not you're not my Mm. buddy at an open mic yeah and then he also said he was like well i honestly didn't think it was funny because I don't get the references. I don't get culturally, like, what you're saying about whatever. I I didn't get it. So he's kind of just being
0: honest, also. So he's trying to be funny in his own way while being honest about his own take on it. I don't—yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: He's honest, but he's also still being the ball breaker.
0: Right. He's a funny guy,
1: but sometimes it's hard to uh, uh, be his son if he's
0: using me in in the expense of, you know— Comedy is it like uh, the, the style of comedy, like insult comedy when you say ball <laughs> ball breaking? Like, what kind of yeah, that's what he does, y- yes, like uh, older Chinese Don Rickles, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. Well, Chinese people, I think in general, I, I
1: say this my stand up, and, and it's funny if I do it in front of a white audience. Or a non Chinese audience, You're like, what the fuck? Does that really happen? Like, I do this bit about how Chinese people would tell you exactly what the fuck is wrong with your face. Like, at, <laughs> at Thanksgiving, you know, my mom would tell my girl cousin, like, oh, Christina, you got so
2: fat. Wow.
1: Just straight, I was like, Ma, you can't say that. <laughs> and then and then my mom or my dad would be like oh if we're not telling her who would and like also being like um uh uh a a comedian i mean not not being a comedian being um uh what was i gonna say oh being chinese uh being fat or gaining weight is prosperous it's it's good it's auspicious or whatever dude she's a girl you can't just fucking say that you know um Hey, wow. Christina is not fat. She's this beautiful young woman, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to grow up with a high self esteem in an Asian household, <laughs> you know, but there is a weird <clears throat> honesty to it. I don't know. I don't buy it. They say it's honest. I think it's uh, passed down trauma. They, uh, their parents did that to them and now they're doing it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Well, there's something about work ethic in Asian households. Um, when I was uh, young, one of my good friends was this kid. Uh, his name was Jung-Sik. Jung-Sik Chang. And he went on to be uh, national Taekwondo champion wow. while, while he was in uh, his medical residency. Like, wow. Yeah, I, I always used to compare myself to him. If I ever thought I had discipline or I worked hard, I'd compare myself to that guy. Yeah. I was like, is, I'm a lazy fuck. Because <laughs> this guy was, he worked so hard. But he was telling me that this is just how it was with his family. Like, nothing you ever did is good enough. Like he's Korean and he was like, My parents are so ruthless. Mm. It's like everything had to be better. Nothing was ever good. It didn't matter if you had straight A's, you could do better. You could always do better. You never yeah. never good enough. It's interesting. I think um that, that is more like the very stereotypical
1: Asian parents, the helicopter tiger parents or whatever. Tiger parents. Right. Yeah, I I right. tiger That's mom, it. I think yeah. is a real term. Mm Um, mine is, I guess, a little nuanced, like they would give it up for academic and they always call me smart and stuff, but they will make fun of me. Like, I remember, uh, uh, after orchestra practice in high school, once my dad came very proud of me playing the violin. It's like, Oh, you're great. You know, so that stuff, they'll give it up, you know, but then a girl, this really cute white girl came and talked to me after Tracy was her name, uh, that I kind of had a crush on. Uh, she just came and talked to me. She was like, "Oh my God, you're so good!" Hey, hey, I'll talk to you later. Gave me a hug and everything. And I was such a nerd; I didn't get any action. And then, <laughs> and then uh, I just looked at my dad. I was hoping he'll be proud, you know. And then he looked at me. He's like, "You and her? Psst, yeah. Wow. Yeah." So certain things, like he goes a little too far in making fun of you. That's a confidence crusher from pops. Yeah, but I mean. Once again, it could be because he grew up, he never got no girls like that. Mm -hmm. So he's like, oh, if I couldn't,
0: like, why would my son, you know? Do you think he's competing with you a little bit there in that way?
1: I hate to think about that, but I think there's got to be a part
0: of that. That's got to be a part of why he wanted to get into acting. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And maybe that's one of the reasons why he's so confident. It's because he shits on you, and if you can do it, it's like, this fucking guy can do it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a weird like he he picks and chooses what he gives it
0: up and not. Ooh, so it's manipulative? A little bit. So you never know. It's like uh Yeah. Yeah. Stockholm syndrome. Well you know, type I, shit. I I I
1: called him out once and I was like, Dad, why don't you why why didn't you first of all tell me any dating advice? And also why <laughs> did you never think I could like date cute girls or whatever, right? Like that took me years to overcome. And he was like Sure, but, like, I always said you were smart, right? Like, he just gave me, like, a non-answer mm. of, like... He was like, but I always said you were smart. That's what's what, what's important to me.
0: Mm. Yeah. So it's sort of like he's excusing the fact that he uh, dismissed your ability to... I think whatever he wasn't good at,
1: he projected it on me. Oh. Like, I was a... As small as I was, I was a pretty good athlete. I could run pretty fast. I could jump pretty high. I, I used to play basketball... Even though I was small, I was like the underdog, but I was athletic, you know. But my dad like when I was trying out for the high school basketball team, my dad was like, No, you you can't do that. You're flat footed just like me. You can't, come on.
0: Oh, that's weird. So that's a very So it's the opposite of what some weird like theater parents do or mm-hmm. or uh, coach parents do. Like so the thing that, that happens when kids get into athletics where their parents failed at yes. sports and then they get really invested in their kid being awesome. Yes, yes. I'm not sure
1: which way is healthier or both, both of them less are gross. healthy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're both gross. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's something really weird about like it's it's a burden too for the kids. Like I've seen it with kids where the overbearing parents that just want the kid to succeed so well because it, bo- it like that's my boy out there kicking ass. Mm-hmm. That's my boy. Look how fast he runs. For run. a very
1: selfish it's reason. It's very like you selfish. don't really care about the kid being happy or not.
0: And it also fucks with the kid's head and it, it, a lot of times it, it ruins their love of whatever the, the sport is. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess... <sighs> may. You know, it's fine. I'm, I'm fine. fine, Joe. I'm fine. Fine. fine, Joe. I'm fine, dude. I'm. Fi- I've seen enough therapy. Fine. I'm. I'm fine, dude. It's fine. It's fine.
0: He's flawed. We're all flawed. Yeah. Yeah. No worries.
1: It's like the the, the scene in a uh, Good Will Hunting. Like I'm afraid you're gonna be like Robin Williams and be like, "It's not your fault." Yeah. It's not your fault. And I just start bawling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this the thing is like parents that do weird shit to you. Uh, there's there's some benefit to it. Like my parents were not supportive about anything I've ever done ever. Mm. And uh my parents split up when I was really young. So my whole life was like, I'll show you. Mm. I'll show you. Like, yeah. oh, I don't get any attention. Watch watch what I can do. Right. So that was it led me to get really good at things. That's like, yeah. That was why I got really good at everything, because I never got any attention. Mm. So, my thought was like, "I know how to get attention, be better than everybody else at everything, yeah, like, whatever I do, I just have to be just fucking fully immersed in it, so I became obsessed with getting really good at things, mm. but if I had like really supportive parents that were really there for me all the time, like yeah who knows
1: but that was that's you that's your personality to take yeah. that kind of negative thing and turn it into something awesome." A lot of kids maybe in that same situation would have been like, oh, fuck it. Nobody
0: cares. Yeah. I'm going to go fuck myself. Yeah. Well, I got really lucky that I found martial arts like really young. Mm. And when I found it, I realized like, oh, I am good at this. Like I found a thing that makes me feel like I'm not a loser. Yeah. Because I just felt like we moved around a lot. Like we moved from like I lived in... New Jersey till I was seven, and then San Francisco from seven to 11, and then Florida from 11 to 13, and then Boston from. Wow. And it was like, fuck, man. I never had like long, steady friends. I was always the new kid. I was always small. Mm. So people were always fucking with me. And then when I got into martial arts, it was the first time I didn't feel like a loser. Mm. It was like once I, like a year or two in, when I started getting really good. I was like, this is something I'm good at. I'm like really good at this. Like I got praise from my instructor. I got praise from other students. I was winning tournaments. And I was like, I am something. Mm-hmm. I can finally. And so I just threw myself into it. Like I was just, that was my whole life. And I always think like maybe I wouldn't have been that good if I was just loved. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that my mom didn't love me or my (laughs) stepdad didn't love me it's just they're fucking busy man and they just they they also grew up in a fucked up life too like their their parents weren't supportive either so it's sort of like that that cycle just sort of repeats itself with kids
1: you know I I, I thought that uh back in the day about certain things like acting i'm like if i didn't have low self-esteem growing up about this or if my dad never thought i could be in the arts maybe i'll never made it here like i made it here for a reason right yeah and my therapist said this one thing not to get like too like foo-foo whatever here said this one thing that really resonated with me he was like have you ever thought about you made it not because of it but despite of
0: it Mm. so that was that was kind of nice to hear yeah yeah there's both those things right it's like Whatever it is that shapes your personality, those negatives, like there's an ebb and flow to all things. And sometimes those negatives gives you this gust of energy mm-hmm. to go in the opposite direction. And the motivation that you have is sometimes more important than anything else. Sometimes the motivate, like the, the, the willingness to go through a lot of shitty things to make it. Like sometimes that doesn't exist. I have a good friend. He's a really nice guy, but his mom was too nice to him when he was young. Mm. Like she gave him too much love and she always said he was amazing at everything. And he just like he like he even admits it talking about it. He's like, oh, I think my mom was just too fucking nice to me. Like he's got no drive. <laughs> it's like he was always loved and he was always cared for and always ta- He never felt scared. He never mm. felt alone. He never felt like there's nobody out here helping me. I gotta go do this on my own. And I remember that was like my overwhelming feeling my whole life was yeah. like, no one's looking out for me. I gotta look out for myself. This, yeah. this is, the world's dangerous, you know?
1: Mm. mm, yeah.
0: But that, it's like, it's all in like, I mean, that's a stupid old expression. Life gives you lemons, right? You make lemonade. It's like, whatever right. it is that was negative about it, it can become a positive. It can become like yes. a, a reinforcing thing yeah yeah every
1: bad set is actually the most helpful thing yes yeah
0: dude every time i've bombed like i talked about that one time when friends came to see me at the comedy store and i realized like i'm phoning it in i'm fucking up mm-hmm. that ne- i needed that to happen yeah i needed it to happen yeah even even with uh, acting or stand-up it's like
1: sometimes i'm like okay i'm trying really hard for yes. this film because i'm proving myself and then sometimes you coast you're like Oh, wait, I coasted on that movie and st- people still was like, oh, he was good. Or like, whatever. So you keep coasting, coasting, and then at some point you get caught. Yes. And you're like, oh, fuck. I got to step
0: it up again. Yeah, I mean, we need lessons. No one's perfect, right? We need lessons. Lessons come in strange forms. Sometimes you don't ask for them. Sometimes you, you, you get dealt a hand that you didn't want to get dealt, but it turns out to be the best thing that could ever happen to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Jimmy, you're a bad motherfucker. It's great, you, man! Great was, to have you here. Fun. Sit down, talk to you. Tell everybody what your special's called, so they can go get it right now. Yeah,
1: my special—it's called Good Deal on Amazon Prime Video, and uh, of course, then uh, there's Space Force on Netflix, so you can watch both. Beautiful. And your um, Twitter handle and Instagram and all that jazz. Well, I might delete my Twitter now, but—delete uh, it. <laughs> but uh, Burn it. Insta- it on fire. Instagram and TikTok. I'm a TikTok guy oh, you're now. Doing TikTok. Well, I, ha- I don't know, but uh, it's at Funny Asian Dude. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Check it out. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for being here. Bye, everybody. That was great. That was super fun, man. <laughs> Real fun.
0: Yeah.